The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And today is March 19th, 2023, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Former President Donald Trump has now posted on Truth Social this morning that he will be arrested Tuesday of next week. He called the Manhattan District Attorney's Office highly political and called for protests to, quote, take our nation back. He was held down on the ground, thrown on the ground for 12 minutes by all seven of our defendants charged here, including this one. so much so that they smothered him, and they smothered him to death. I saw for the first time three days ago. I don't know what happened. All I know is what I saw. What I saw was a 45-second conversation in the lobby. 45 seconds. And then they went their separate ways. That's all I know. I have no idea what was said between him and the young lady he was talking to. A Republican lawmaker is seeking to eliminate the party entirely. A bill filed today called the Ultimate Cancel Act would decertify any political party that previously advocated for slavery. Online radio at its best. When you ask God for something, God boxes it up, puts your name on it, and he ships it the day you ask for it. Soon as you ask for it, he ships it. The problem with the package is He never tells you the date that is going to arrive. If he did that, it would destroy the one element that he requires, your faith. So God sends your package, but he only delivers to Faith Street. If you step off of Faith Street and you go over here to I Don't Believe It Boulevard, he don't ship there. If you step over here to I Don't See How Avenue, he don't ship there. If you step over here to Ain't No Way Circle, he don't ship that. The package only goes to Faith Street. What happens to the average person is that when the package arrives and you ain't on Faith Street, it's just like the post office in FedEx, UPS. If you ain't there, the package got to go back. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. It is the serious sound on a beautiful Sunday. Hope you guys are enjoying your day so far. If you're not giving up for God, or if you're just sitting around relaxing, we want you guys to enjoy the show. We appreciate you. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you so much for being here. And as always, I never share this stage by myself. My big sister in the house. Mr. Elias is in the house as well. Let's say good morning to them both. What's going on, big sis? Welcome into the show. And how are you? Hey, how y'all? It's 
I don't know. I have a funny feeling that everybody's going to be smiling this morning, but who knows? We're doing fine. At least I am. Hope everything is going well with you, my love. Hope everything is going well with you. Uh-oh. You're breaking up, so I'm not sure where you are. Maybe you're uh, maybe you're somewhere abroad as always. Uh-huh. You know what I'm doing? I'm in the kitchen freezing ribs before I go to church so I can throw them in the oven. But you said oh, look at you. you said so that in our face, why don't you? Okay. okay. Well, so that in our face, why don't you, that you're doing something with ribs, and, you know, I'm sitting here starving like Marvin for a Cool J song. No, you and, uh, no, you You know, not. you're talking about no, ribs, but not. that's okay. Well, well, I'll let you make it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I will let you, I will let you make it this morning because you are freezing ribs on this beautiful Sunday. Kind of chilly, but uh, you know, once again, glad that you're here. Thank you so much for being who you are. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the only the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. What's going on, my brother from another mother? Glad that you are here. What's happening with you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and one. Good morning, that's one. Good morning, uh, Momo B. One. Good morning, Richard. One. Good morning, Rodelia. One. Good morning, Kathleen. One. Good morning, Mary the Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Once again, the number is 347-850-1272. Glad you guys are a part of it. And if you listen to the show, you know what time it is. We kind of rapid clap during this section of the show. You know, I saw something yesterday that made me smile as well. Uh, An arrest warrant has been issued for President Vladimir Putin uh, for his uh, crimes against humanity, and especially what's happening in Ukraine. You know, Mr. Elias, sometimes when they do these things, I know it's a real arrest warrant, and I know that, you know, if they catch him in the right situation, which we doubt, he will be arrested. But, come on, isn't this more symbolic than anything? What are the chances of Vladimir Putin being uh, arrested on war crimes? Because, remember, the same council issued an arrest warrant for George W. Bush because of his activities in Iraq. What say you? That's all it is. It's symbolic, man, because... You know, George Bush is never going to travel abroad like that to be arrested. So, you know, it's, it's symbolic. That's all it is. It, it makes people feel better about what's going what, about them to let them think that they're normal people. But these people will never be arrested for any for any hate for any crimes that they commit against humanity. Let's just call it what it is, man. Same question for you, Vanessa. What do you think? You think this is more symbolic than anything, or do you think that there is a possibility? Because there is a possibility that they could catch them slipping, but come on. Usually when heads of states move around, they notify countries that they're moving around. Like when President Biden visited uh, Ukraine, trust me, Russia was notified that the president would be in that area. And they were like, you mess up and do something you ain't got no business, trust me, we're going to deal with you. So you definitely do this as standard protocol to let other nations know when a head of state is in a conflict area. So what do you think, Vanessa? Once again, do you think it's a situation where they're just, uh, it sounds good, but it will never come to fruition? Just give me your thoughts on this whole thing that now he is a wanted man, he is a, Putin is a wanted man, and there is a warrant for his arrest issued. 
okay, let me. I, okay, I hear you, but I'm I'm trying to understand why you're saying all of this. How are they supposed to arrest him? Go over there and go get it. I mean, is he supposed to come over here? How well, are they going well, to arrest him? Well, it's it's not here. It's an international award, uh, arrest warrant. So basically, they have charged him with war crimes in Ukraine. And we all know that's what he's doing because he can't win but the war mano a mano. Well, they're not going to get him. That's my point. They're not. It's, it's, and so, yeah, that's the point, Vanessa. Crap. It's an issue. It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. Okay. All right. It's a bunch of crap. They're not going to be able to get him. They, I mean, he's not going to step out of line for them to get him. I just saw him on TV walking around Russia and stuff yesterday. So, I mean, ain't nothing going to happen to this man? Please. It's just, okay. It's, if you don't want me to say it's a bunch of crap, <laughs> it's not going to happen, j Ryle. No, 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 it's no, no. Say, this is, this is the good. beauty of Vanessa. Vanessa's like, I don't care what radio etiquette says. I say it's a bunch of boo doo doo. Say what you want to say. This is why we love you so much. So if it's a bunch of crap, it is a bunch of crap. Go ahead, carry on. That's it. That's all I want to say. Nothing's going to happen to him. They're not going to go over there and get him, and it's it's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. So it's more symbolic than anything. I guess yes. what this does, is, and we see this a lot in a lot of different things, right? You know, you, you, for example, when Congress put forth a bill, they know the bill's going to get, you know, but people said that the impeachment was symbolic because they said there was no way on God's green earth they were going to get an impeachment on Donald Trump. No way. And so it's like, why even go through the process, waste taxpayer money, when you know the end result's going to be, the bottom line is, he's going to walk. So I guess, you know, once again, what we're looking at here, especially with this whole thing with Putin and Russia, is the fact that, come on, I mean, you're not going to arrest this man. It's not going to happen. Just like, you know, George Bush, he's been, his arrest warrant was issued, what, a dec- over a decade ago, still in Texas, painting, painting pictures. You know, so I, I guess the big thing here is, is that, Society has to show, and I think they do this for historical purposes, Mr. Elias, to show that they just didn't sit on their hands and do, didn't do anything. They acknowledged that, you know, in George W. Bush's case, that, you know, his uh, war in Iraq was bogus. And in this case with Putin, what he's doing to the Ukrainian people, they want history to be reflected that he did, they did the right thing. Same way with the impeachment. So I guess, you know, it serves a purpose. Historical-wise, but in the words of the great uh, Pete Rose, Mr. Elias, what did he say when they said, hey, you know what, one day you'll end up in the Hall of Fame? And what, what did he I say, Mr. Elias? You know, hey, paraphrasing the words. I, you know, it, it, it pretty much, uh, I, I don't want to end up, I want to see it while I'm alive, not when I'm dead. So, you know. <laughs> I don't well, care I about it. it once I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care about that mess. I want to see it now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. March Madness is in full effect. Now, Vanessa, you and I are going to have to sit on the sidelines on this one because I haven't paid attention to it, to be perfectly honest with you. And so I know Mr. Elias is on top of stuff like this, man. So far, did you fill out a bracket this year, Mr. Elias? No, I didn't because it, it, it's juicy. Whoa. Oh, it is juicy. Wait, wait. Hold him up. Hello. Yeah, get him, Vanessa. Get him, Vanessa. I got to sit on the sidelines. Well, I, you don't know. Okay, my bad. I, you're right. I don't know. I, I apologize. Know. 
and I'll do my push-ups. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, you just proved my point by trying to, you know, jump on me. Well, okay, I have a strong feeling. I got a feeling. I got a strong feeling that uh, you're not going to have a clue of what we're talking about, but I could be mistaken, so let me ask you, Vanessa, did you fill out a bracket? No, my daughter did. Okay, well, there you go. Oh, well, see, I'm not talking to your daughter. I'm talking to you. So you did not fill a bracket out. So for you, well, I did know that. I've been doing a show with you for how many years? Every time this comes up, you haven't filled out one bracket. Thank you. So I already know <laughs> that you didn't do it. But you're right. I shouldn't assume because you know what they say about that word. You break that word down, and it says, as you and me. So guess what? I'm not going to assume any longer. And next year at this time, if God's willing, I will ask you again, you know, what do you think about it? And so we'll we'll, we'll have that conversation at that time. Anyway, Mr. Elias, so NCAA, uh, what we got going on, brother? Man, uh, I don't think there's one complete bracket that is out of the millions that were filled out. They said it were 800. They said it were 800 yesterday. So that number's gone down. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Immensely, man. Purdue lost to a number 16, which is never. Oh, see, I didn't know. Yeah, the number one seed, Purdue, lost. And then oh, somebody else goodness. lost yesterday. Yeah, the brackets are, they are busted, man. So I never fill out a bracket anymore, man. Because, you know, one of my, one of my frat brothers said, he said it, 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 it puts people in a position that when you're a number one seed against a 16, the 16 is going to play their butts off. And they did. And it was Furman University that beat Purdue. And Furman hasn't been in the, in the NCAA tournament since the fifties. Carmen, they just they they beat Purdue, and Purdue was a, a number one seed, man. So wow, yeah, it's, it's people's brackets have busted up. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. because the person that wins uh, usually wins these things are people who are not basketball fans. It, it's almost like when you look at, you know, hey, everyone knows, well, everyone may not know this, but people who are close to me knows that I'm an excellent domino player. You know, I'm an excellent domino player. And it's like when you right, play yeah. people, I am Vanessa. Oh, wow. But oh, I've been, wow. you know, but I, I have to admit, I have to admit, the last three years, you know, my record has probably been subpar or even, you know, even cash because, you know, I don't play as much as I used to. So it's like all of a sudden when I start playing again, it's not, you know, my skills. I'm telling you, I can recognize my skills are faltering. I mean, Mr. Elias, you know, actually is leading in a head-to-head between he and I now. Mr. Elias has gotten better. I have to have to admit it. He plays a lot better than he did when we first started. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I still should be kicking his tail, but I've digressed. My neighbor next door, what? same thing. I mean, this uh, dude, stop, stop. Stop it. Stop it. You stop. Stop it. You stop. You stop. Stop this nonsense. Stop, stop this nonsense. This. You stop. Everybody knows that knows me knows that I am a dominant domino player. But the last three years, Vanessa, I have to admit, you know, I've been walking out of, you know, situations 500 or barely, you know, above 500. I'm like, oh, my God. When I used to walk into these same situations and just dominate and talk trash while I did it. So, anyway, domino so tournament coming up next weekend. Uh, 
Yes. Wasn't you and my cousin, the plumber, sitting over at the table having it out with the dominoes? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we were. Uh-huh. And like I said, you know, like I said, I think I left all the out of all the games I played uh, that day uh, at your place, I think I probably, probably walked away uh, under five. I know I did. I know I didn't win. I lost more than I won. But in fairness to me, I'm not a, I'm not a four. You know, I'm, I've never been a fan of playing four hands and dominoes. I've never been a fan of that. I just, I've never been a fan of it. So because you, and that four, the four people that are sitting at the table, trust me, uh, somebody in that in that table uh, can't play. And it just messes up the dynamics. Now, if you got four strong domino players, that's a whole different ball game. But if you have one that's a rookie, then you know it, it ain't gonna work. So it's just hard for me. And, and that's no oh, excuse. So, I should still so be dominant, you, but so you know, it I can't win. It works for you when it's the right kind of people playing at the table. Like you really should have a choice. It's, it's not the right kind of people, Vanessa. It's just people so, that has the right skill kind of set. That's well, right no, it's just people. Well, yeah, okay, fine. The right kind of people. It's just people who knows how to play dominoes because it's a <laughs> game of wits. Mr. Elias can attest to this now that he's kind of graduated to that next level. It's a game oh of wits. You try. Well, he has. I have to admit, he's a better. I'll say it. I'll say it on radio. Now, hey, look, national. Radio, he is a better. He is a very. He is a very. He's a very decent domino player. I mean, he, it has to be consistent. Now, I mean, you know, if you know, so he's pretty good. I mean, I got to give him credit. He, he's he's gotten a lot better than when we first sat down and shook those things. I, I you know, listen, I got to tell the truth. The truth don't lie. He, he's a lot better than he was. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Um, and so there are things I used to do against Mr. Elias that he no longer falls for. <laughs> so so that's why I know he's a better domino player, and that tells me. You know, by throwing these elementary tricks at him and he's not falling for him tells me a lot. So he, he's a better domino player. There's no doubt about that. And he's so good, Vanessa. Watch this. He's going to participate in this domino tournament next weekend. Mm-hmm. Now, this time two years ago, he would never do it. Well, he shouldn't have. He may have done it because of his ego, but he should have. You know, two years ago, he'd get waxed with the floor. But, hey, I think he's got a pretty decent chance of, of making, some, making some noise in that tournament next weekend. So we'll see. What? We'll see. I, you know, listen. That's you know, you kudos to him. He's a better. He's a, you, you know, kudos. He's he's a, he's a, he's a he's a pretty decent nominal player. I got to give him credit for that. All right, we have wrapped and clapped enough. It is time for an NPR news update. And I tell you what, I got a smile on my face because I think everyone knows within the sound of my voice what the first topic is going to be this morning. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Keep it locked. Don't you go anywhere. See you in about three to four minutes. <laughs> From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. A day after being indicted for war crimes by the International Criminal Criminal Court, Russian President Vladimir Putin traveled to Crimea before stopping in the Ukrainian city Mariupol, which was destroyed by Russian forces last year. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports on Putin's first trip to the occupied Ukrainian region of Donetsk since the war began and his closest visit to the front lines. Putin flew by helicopter from Crimea to Mariupol in what the Kremlin has called a working trip to oversee reconstruction efforts. 
Russian media showed Putin visiting a family in their home in a new residential neighborhood built by the Russian military. Russia's Interfax agency said Putin also examined the coastline of Mariupol in the area of the Yacht Club, the theater building, and other memorable places. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office is not commenting on former President Donald Trump's social media post saying that he expects to be arrested on Tuesday, but a lawyer for Trump and a spokesman say there has been no communication from prosecutors and that Trump's claim is based on media reports. North Korea test launched a short-range ballistic missile today, its third launch in just over a week. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul on the launches amid large-scale joint military exercises by the U.S. and South Korea. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff says the missile was launched from the Tongchang-mi area close to the country's main satellite launch center. Other tests in recent days have included an intercontinental ballistic missile and long-range strategic cruise missiles. Meanwhile, a U.S. B-1B strategic bomber and South Korean F-35A stealth fighters flew over the peninsula as large-scale joint drills, dubbed Freedom Shield, entered their second week. And North Korean state media report that some 800,000 youth signed up last week to join the military, vowing to wipe out the nation's enemies and reunify the two Koreas. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. The Justice Department has begun extraditing human smugglers from Guatemala under one of the new programs launched by the Biden administration in 2021 to address the root causes of migration. Public Radio's Pablo de la Rosa reports. Four individuals charged with trafficking migrants into the U.S. were extradited from Guatemala, something that had not been possible before the launch of the new Joint Task Force Alpha program. JTFA coordinated the investigation between U.S. authorities and law enforcement in Guatemala. The defendants are also allegedly responsible for the death of a young indigenous woman who died in Texas. The program was announced jointly with the Central America Forward Initiative, the economic development plan for the region that Vice President Harris launched in Guatemala in June of 2021. I'm Pablo de la Rosa in McAllen. And you're listening to NPR News. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance of living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. Former President Donald Trump has now posted on Truth Social this morning that he will be arrested Tuesday of next week. He called the Manhattan District Attorney's Office highly political and called for protests to, quote, take our nation back. I want to note we have not heard from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office yet on this. Again, this Truth Social post by Donald Trump was just done this morning. Welcome in, 347-850-1272. It is uh, 19 uh, minutes after the hour. I'm sorry, no, it's not. It's 23 minutes after the hour. I'm looking at the date. And welcome back into the serious side. All right, so here's a question that I've asked throughout the course of the last two to three years. And the question is a very simple question. And the purpose of this is to get people on this show on record with some of their comments. So I'll go around the table once again, and I'll ask Mr. Elias a question. 
Do you think Donald Trump will be arrested? And do you think he will be charged? And do you think he's going to spend time in jail? I I think they will uh, issue a arrest warrant for him. Uh, will he be arrested? No. Uh, will Will he spend time in jail? Hell no. And all he, all all he's doing right now is making himself prevalent to keep himself in the media. That's all Donald Trump does, man. Because you know I I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna issue a arrest warrant for him on Tuesday. You know I don't. I don't. But the bottom line is, look, they're gonna issue a arrest warrant because he he did some despicable things, man. But wait, but, you you contradicted yourself just now. You know that, no. right, sir? You said I don't. How? Yes, you did. You said I don't think they're going to issue a arrest warrant. And you came right back and said you do think on they're going to issue a Tuesday. I said on Tuesday. Okay, say it again so that way there's no confusion. Say okay, say it again I one more time. Said, so I don't I won't think they're going to issue a, an arrest warrant on Tuesday. But I think okay. he's just saying that to keep himself prevalent in the news. But what Got they, it. they are going to issue an arrest warrant. They are going to issue one. Because So he, you don't he, think you know, it's going to be on Tuesday? No, I don't think it's going to be on Tuesday. But you do think one's no. coming? What one is coming? Yes, one is going to come. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, right. you, if you look at what what with Michael Cohen and the rest of the things he did, he, he violated he violated all kind of laws when it comes to uh, campaign policy. So yeah, I think they're going to issue an arrest warrant. Will, will, will okay. they arrest him? They, okay. We're going to consider arrest. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, that's yeah. the warrant. Once he turns himself in, he's been arrested. Okay. Yeah, okay. Going, that's the part that threw me second. off. Well, they're well, that's the part. And then he'll walk well, but out. Well, but, but, he, but they'll still arrest him. So, I mean, so you, yeah, you, that's, okay. that's the part that threw me off because you're like, they're not going to arrest him. Well, actually, they will. Issuing an arrest warrant and him turning himself in, that's he's arrested. So, okay, so it sounds mm-hmm. like you think that the warrant will be issued and then he won't be arrested, which will make him a fugitive, which I doubt very seriously. So do you think well, he's going to be arre- arrested, yes or no? Yeah, he'll be arrested, but, you know, will he turn himself in? He'll work something out with the lawyers where he won't have to go in because he's the former president. I don't well, think no, he's going to have to go in. He's not going to have okay. to. Well, he's not going to have to. Okay. Well, let me ask Vanessa, then we'll come back and address what you just said. Vanessa, same question to you, because I asked this question. You know, I've been asking this question for the past three to four years since this guy's been in office. Well, actually, since he's been out of office. Uh, Do you think he's going to be arrested, and do you think he will serve time in jail? Okay, I'm going to come from the back end of it, because I will keep repeating this. He's going to be locked up in a room with a computer and a telephone, for 24 hours, and then they're going to release him. That man is in jail time. Now, let's go back to the beginning. They're not going to serve him on Tuesday, and he intentionally has it set up like that. That's why he's telling people to protest. So if I was the person getting ready to serve the warrant, I would not serve it on Tuesday because he didn't already told everybody to go march the streets and set it on fire or whatever. So, no, I wouldn't serve it on Tuesday. It might be Thursday or next Saturday, but then he's the ex-president of the United States. They're not going to go and pick him up and handcuff him. They're going to ask his attorney to walk him in there. He's not going to be 
they're not fixing to dog him out. That's Donald Trump. They're not going to do that. They, because okay. you have the Donald Trump people, like me and Les, continually say that will believe in everything that comes out of his mouth, and they will back him to the hilt. So if they start acting too ignorant with him, like going to his monologue or wherever it is and, and picking him up and handcuffing him and all of that, child, they will start burning down stuff. Well, they're not going to do that. I don't think they're going to put it. Okay. I don't think okay. it's called the perk walks. I don't think Let he's going to do that. Let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase yes. it. They yes. won't start burning down stuff. They'll just go to the Capitol and storm the Capitol again and have Pelosi's desk with poop and stuff on it. I mean, that's well, what they Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so do you honestly think that that's a different twist? So you're saying that if and when he's indicted and arrested, that these people the will, you think, well, I think, oh, you think they're going to storm the Capitol again? No, I'm just saying they're going to do something like that. They're going to clown yeah, like gonna, that. There's going to be riots in the street if they arrest you. Well, well yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that, but I, I, I do doubt that they will storm the Capitol. Yeah, they're I, not going to do don't... You're taking me exactly for my words, so, Okay. No, I'm just right. trying to understand oh. what you're saying. It's just clarity. That's all. I'm not trying to do anything to your yeah, words. I'm just I, trying to make sure that we're we're clear with what we're saying we're to the public. Clear, That's they're all. going to do something around that. They're going to do something like that. He's calling them to do it. He's asking now, them I agree to with do that. it. I agree with that. They're going to do it. I agree with because that. Because his followers well, will follow him to hell. I, I agree with that, too. Here, here's what I don't agree with. I, I don't agree with the fact that uh, he's not going to have to come in. He has to come in. Now, I didn't say how that. he gets – no, no, Mr. Elias said that. No, I know you did They're going to ask his attorney to bring him in. They're not going to go to Donald Trump and handcuff him and put him in a car. They're not going to do that. Well, they, no, they, they, no, they, 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 they would never – no, they would never do that. No, they would never do that. He got to come yeah, in. He has to come in, and Man, what usually happens girl. is that – what? Go ahead, Mr. Elliott. Sorry, you, I don't want to you, you're, you're acting like this guy is, is normal. This is unprecedented. You got a president, go, ex president, going to go in and get a, and, and like he's a normal person. Look, they're not going to treat him like he's a normal person. We didn't say that. We did not say what that. They're going to do. They're going to work something out where he don't even have to go in because if he, if, you know, no, if you think about in. it, if, if he goes in what kind of media and what kind of riots they would cause with him going in. Come well, on, man. Th- well, that's the reason why the New York uh, Police Department, along with the FBI and Secret Service coordinating in preparation of the possibility of civil unrest if and when this happens. So I, I think that the normal agencies – here. Well, here's the sign that told everyone – that he was the target. When they invited him to come in and speak before the grand jury, he declined last week. And most experts said that that moves means that they are about to charge him and they're giving him an opportunity to face his accusers or an opportunity to tell this group of people, you know, the reasons why they should or should not proceed with uh, the indictment. And he declined to participate in that process. So everyone knew at that point, you know, here we go. It's showtime. It's go time. Now, once again, the one thing I will say that is probable in Mr. Mr. Elias's scenario is this. 
they may not, which I find it's hard to believe, they may not require him to come down, but they can't indict him from Florida. These are New York charges. Unless, and this is where it gets tricky, unless they send authorities to his Mar-a-Lago estate and handle everything there. That would be unprecedented. And I don't think that would happen. And that's why I think that New York City and the FBI and the Secret Service, because here's the other problem. What usually happens is if you're indicted, you get mugged, you get booked, you sit in, sitting, sit in the holding cell. You can't do that. Here's the thing that I'm laughing about as I say this out loud is I remember a few years back we talked about, you know, if he, if he went to jail, where would the Secret Service be? Because by the Constitution, they are mandated to protect him at all times. So that's the reason why he's not going to remain in that facility. I do think he has to make contact with authorities, and they, they can't do it via phone. He has See, to be booked. I think booked. he's going to be in the facility for 24 hours. That they're going to put him in you a think holding. What? I think that they're going to put him in a holding with a computer they're, and a telephone and a TV. They're not going to do that for 24 no. hours. I, no. He is no. Invited, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh. No. There's no way. And I agree with Mr. Elias. There's no way they're going to put a former president of the United States in a holding cell. Think about it from a logistical standpoint. What are you going to do with the Secret Service? Now, they may put him in a conference room while they go through all this, but he is not going to be in some type of cell or confinement space. What was the guy who um, molested all the movie stars and stuff, and now he looks terrible when he's on TV? Weinstein, yeah, Harvey Weinstein, yeah. But didn't his holding cell have a TV and a computer and all of that? But he's not the—he is not the former president of the United States. Even though he's a big wig, he's a big fish. Uh, I was watching a movie another day and I saw his thing come up. Yeah, not going to go to jail. But let's say he was to go to jail, what were they going to do then? Get him a palace? Well, that's see, that's you hit the nail on the head, and that's why a lot of people. Now that I, you know, once again, I'm I'm coming to these, I'm you know, I'm as I speak, these thoughts are entering my head. How the heck are they going to put him in jail? And we laughed about this. You know what they're going to do? Put him in jail while the Secret Service. He is by the Constitution, and this is why this guy. The one thing I will say about Trump is that he's it's, he's a blessing in disguise, right? And what I mean what? by that is, yeah, he is. Let me explain. He is a blessing in disguise to the to the framers of the Constitution, because when you write a document, that document has to be so airtight, or when you put a process in place, it has to be so airtight that it has to be able to prepare for the absolute worst situation that could ever happen. And this is the worst situation that could ever happen: is a person like this to ascend to the presidency. He is testing the norms. I guarantee you when they extended the – because remember, originally they had the Secret Service protection for a president up until 10 years. President Obama changed that because he realizes that, you know, a former president still carries weight and prestige. A former president still receives briefings, intelligent briefings. Now, it's not as, as detailed and as intense as the current president, but they do this. As a as a as a pleasure. I mean, it's what is it called? A pleasure of serving the current president. They do this to make sure that former presidents are abreast of what's going on, because they are a symbol 
of this country. And so President Obama changed it from 10 years to extend it for lifetime protection. No one knew or even envisioned that a former president could be sent to jail. Now, we have Gerald Ford to thank for this because Gerald Ford, and this is what he said when he pardoned Nixon, and I'm paraphrasing it, paraphrasing it. He said, basically, he didn't, part, he didn't pardon Nixon to do this as a favor to Nixon. He pardoned Nixon on behalf of the American people, for the country, for the greater good of the country. Because he said that if a former president is thrown into jail, it will throw this country into chaos. It will be a shock to the system that the system has never experienced. And so now here we are, you know, 50 years later, however long it was, dealing with the same situation. Same situation. So the million-dollar question is, do you think he's going to be indicted and convicted when we have this, you know, this law in place that says that a former president has lifetime secret service protection? Question for you, Ms. Elias, what do you think? Uh. Will he? Yeah, I, I think he should be. Yes, will he be? Well, yeah, he should be. Yeah, I think he will be. To be honest, because you hell, think if, he if, will if be what? Got, you? I think I think he will be convicted of it. But you know, will he do any jail time? No, <laughs> not at all. Well, it depends. I think he will because because well, they got because they got they got Michael Cohen and hell, he was acting in, in Trump's defense. He's not a president. So that's what this is He's about. Not a president. But here's my question okay. to you, though. Here's my but question for both of you guys. The president. That's true. But out of the, because, okay, so basically there are four major cases that are working their way through the legal system for Donald Trump right now. And experts are saying that this case, the hush money case, is the least. This is the one that's not as, as serious as the case in Georgia. It's not as serious as the case dealing with classified information. Uh, not as serious as the uh, what's the other case that he has going on? Man, he has so many. So he has the, the he has the secret server. He has the secret uh, secret documents. He has hush money. He has can oh and January six the January six uh, situation as well. Which Merrick Garland, you know, man, I'm starting to you know. I don't know how I feel about that guy. I really don't because at one point I said, you know what, he has to make sure, because we talked about this maybe last year, and I said he has to make sure that he crosses all the T's and dots, all the I's, because Democrats were saying, why is it taking him so long to bring charges? The January 6th pretty much handed him a gift basket. They put everything in order for him. All he has to do is just change the, the heading from January 6th committee to the Department of Justice, and he should be able to convict this fool. But I'm starting yeah. to question this guy myself. Is, he, is, is it politics, Vanessa, that he's not pushing forward on this? Why is yeah. this taking so long? Why? You haven't heard a peep. From somebody, somebody them threatened somebody behind the scenes. Well, they do that anyway. They know prosecutors know that's a part of that's a part of uh, what they do. It's a part of the job. It's par for the okay. course. 
Okay, then why else? They got all the evidence and stuff that they need. So. I, well, I, I think it's political. It's political. It's political, Vanessa. It's political. They're concerned about what time, and I, 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 I tell you this, and I tell you what, as I speak, these thoughts come to my mind. I guarantee you, and you tell, both of you guys tell me if you agree with this, I think that they're waiting to see he, they is in the, de- the Department of Justice, they're waiting to see what happens with this case, what type of civil unrest will happen with this. And I think that that will determine whether or not they move forward with their case. I think they're waiting to see what the climate's going to be if he's indicted. What do you think? You think that makes sense, or or do you think just Merrick Garland is just playing politics? Well, why do you think it's taking so long? I think he's playing politics, to be honest. I so think, you don't think he's waiting to see what happens from this? That they're, they're they're waiting for someone to go first. It's like okay, you go first. It's like that game of chicken. Who's gonna go first? You don't think that has anything yeah. to do with it at all? Nope. I think I what I do truly believe is that he's playing politics, man. You well, know, that is playing politics. Well, I honestly, he's he's he's. I don't think I don't think he's waiting to see what what kind of climate it's going to cause. Because what is what is he gain by what what does he gain by doing that? Well, because you're taking you, when you make a move, you gain something. He's not gaining well, anything I, by doing that. Okay, well, okay, well, if I'm Mary Garland, this is what I'm thinking that this is unprecedented. And, you know, just like Gerald Ford said back in the 70s, the reason why he pardoned President Nixon was because he did not want, he did it for the good of the country. So, yeah, I'll let this one man have his freedom, but I'm worried about what type of state that this will put our country. I'm thinking about the, the greater good. So in that situation, you know, President Ford, I'm, I'm sorry, President Nixon was collateral damage, so to say, so to speak. So, look, we're going to let we're going to sacrifice this guy, allowing him to to do whatever, because I'm worried about the greater good. You know, one man versus millions. OK, so maybe that's what Merrick Garland's thinking is that, you know what, if we do this, what's going to happen? And so maybe they weren't ready for another shoot to fall, Vanessa, but I guarantee you that what happens possibly next week, will determine how fast charges will be brought against Trump for January 6th by the the Department of Justice. It has to play a factor in this, in my opinion. Why, 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 why are the other DAs working it through then, and, and then they're not? Well, they are. And this guy's sitting on it, and he's got stronger cases than these. Well, and he's got well, most of the cases for January sixth and eighth. Well, then this one. Well, I can't answer. I can't answer that question. I, I, I'm going to assume <laughs> politics. Well, no. Well, maybe. Well, listen. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. What I'm saying is, I think what the guy is doing is he's thinking about. You know, his thought process is the same, is and was the same as you know Gerald Ford. What type of, you know, to get this one man, are we willing to sail, sink the ship for one person? So is the rule of law so important? Is the rule of law so important that we will risk the the, the, the wealth and and the health, the health, the health and the welfare of this nation just to get one man? Is he worth all the chaos that can come from this you know, simple uh, act of indicting him and maybe sticking his butt in jail. Because it's not about Trump, it's about the presidency. That's what they're thinking. 
how can you say that a former president of the United States, the reason this person has to have Secret Service protection for the rest of that person's natural-born life is because the importance of what they play in the, in American politics and in American in, in, in America, period. So if you're also, saying that this person relies, huh? We also say no one's above the law. So then you're contradicting yourself. You're kind of, I, I, as a I agree. DA, as a DA, you, and, and you're the head man in charge there, and you're saying no one, and absolutely no one's above the I law. I agree. Then you're contradicting yourself by saying, I, I don't want to go forward because this is happening and he's the president. Hey, no one's above the law. I agree. No one. I agree. But you can say the same thing, and I'll say this and we'll wrap up. You know, everyone who's been listening to the show for uh, for an extended period of time knows that one of my jobs while I was in the military was being a, not, a nuclear, biological, chemical, non-commissioned officer in charge, which means that, for those who may not be familiar with that process, it simply means that when you are in a war and if you suspect that nuclear, biological, chemical, chemicals have been used in a certain area, you have to send an NBC team to go in and decon the area to make sure that the area is safe for, you know, troops and battalions and companies and armies and Air Forces and Marines can go through. So you send a team of people in to begin the decon process, right? So you go through and you decontaminate the area. Now, the only way to be 100% sure that the area is completely decontaminated is how? You have to test it. How do you test it? You get the lowest per- the lowest ranked person in that particular squad. You put them under guard, which means that you put a person on their left flank and on their right flank. You take their weapon, and then you give them the order to take off their mask. And they have to take off their mask for 30 seconds. What? What? Yes. Yes. You take the mask off, they breathe the air, they put the mask back on, you monitor them for the next two minutes. If everything is well, you order them to take their mask off again and breathe this time for a minute. Put the mask back on, you monitor them again for a certain period of time, then you do it one more time for a couple of minutes. If they are still alive after that, you give the, you give the signal for all clear, and everyone demask. And then that area is safe to travel through. Now, one could say every life matters. But in that case, you take the weapon from the lowest ranking person because in the bigger scheme of things, that person can be collateral damage. Is that right? To sacrifice one to ensure the lives of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to live? I understand. It would have been you if it had been a lower ranking person. Hey, you talking about give me your gun? I'm like, pow, there it is. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you would not. That's why people like you. That's why people like you. <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some people with me. Mm-mm. You talking about killing me? See, crazy. See, 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 see. No, seriously though, Jay, is that how some people come back with cancer and all kinds of stuff? Well, 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 it well, it depends on what they were exposed to. But I'm just saying, in a straight up, 
you know, most modern warfare is different nowadays. You know, back when I was in the military, everything was based on jungle warfare. But, you know, now it's urban. You know, you fight in cities. And so it's a little bit different, to be honest with you, because when you fight in a city or when you fight in, 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 a, in an urban area or urban setting, you know, you, you, you can't control the variables. What I mean by that is you have houses and buildings and there are, you know, there are people that are, there are enemy combatants amongst civilians, so you don't know who, what, how, and when, it's different. When you're fighting a war in, you know, in the jungle or in the desert or whatever the case may be, that's more of an open environment, an open um, uh, um, scenario. So it's, it's, it's easier to, to, to plan versus, and I think that's what's happening with Ukraine and, and Russia. Russia didn't anticipate this. And when you start fighting in cities, you, you just don't know who to, to prepare for. So it's easier to fight an open battle warfare on the battlefield versus, you know, fighting uh, something like that in, you know, close hand-to-hand combat type situations. All right, we have gone on long enough. Interesting topic. We'll see what happens with Donald Trump. All right, um, you know, no one ever imagined that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe v. Wade, but they did. And so now this is giving cover to a lot of Republican-led states to try to ban abortion altogether. Well, we all know what's happening here in Texas. And so there are a few. Now, all eyes are on Texas right now because there's a Trump-appointed appointed judge and we're waiting for that judge, judge's decision on whether or not to ban an abortion pill, a bill, a pill that women have been taking for decades. We don't know where this person's leaning, but because this person was appointed by Trump, you know, people are on their uh, pins and needles to, you know, on eggshells wondering where is this going to head up. But there are a few DAs in Texas who are refusing, right? who are refusing to charge clinics who are still providing abortions. In this week's edition of Informatus or Less, we'll learn about those brave DAs and uh, kudos for people who are laying it on the line for the greater good for this country. It's Kavina time, Informatus or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back on the other side. Don't you go anywhere. Some Texas lawmakers are trying to make district attorneys prosecute anti-abortion law violations as crimes. Brett Jaspers with KERA reports. Officials at all levels of government have long acknowledged prosecutors are constantly making judgment calls. Discretion is part of the job, as it is for police officers, judges, and other law enforcement. Then the U.S. Supreme Court eliminated federal abortion rights. Dozens of elected county prosecutors swiftly declared they'd use their discretion to not pursue abortion crimes. I will never prosecute a doctor, a nurse, or a woman for exercising their right to choose. That's Ryan Mears from Indianapolis. Here's Sherry Boston from DeKalb County, Georgia. I am stating unequivocally that I'm going to use that same discretion not to prosecute these types of criminal offenses. And in Texas, Jose Garza in Austin. I don't want women who live in our community suffering or dying at home because they're too scared to go to the doctor. But the stance of prosecutors in large Texas cities soon raised the ire of conservative state lawmakers. State Representative David Cook is a Republican from the Fort Worth area. As a district attorney, you have a job which entails looking at all the cases that are brought in and judging each case on a case-by-case basis. And so if you're making blanket statements and giving blanket immunity, then you're not doing your job. 
now Cook has proposed a bill to ban district attorneys from having a policy, written or not, that limits the enforcement of any particular offense. The bill would set financial penalties and create a process for removing the prosecutor from office. It's one of many bills aimed at curbing local DAs. Several big city prosecutors in Texas are reluctant to talk about the legislation and declined interviews, but DA Mark Gonzalez of Nueces County in South Texas is talking. He said the announcement to not pursue abortion cases may have been too hasty. The statement may have been the straw that broke the camel's back. It'd be smarter for us to move in silence, and I think that may have been something we didn't accomplish. Gonzalez is facing an unrelated effort to remove him from office and has said he won't run for re-election. He sees the proposed legislation as part of a backlash against a more progressive approach to the criminal justice system. No one was thinking of these things 10 years ago before a few guys got elected who maybe thought there were some issues that were wrong with the criminal justice system. There are. Similar power struggles are playing out nationally. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis removed an elected Democratic prosecutor from office last year, claiming he didn't pursue certain crimes. Illinois' governor, a Democrat, recently said county sheriffs won't be in their job if they don't enforce a new requirement that owners of semi-automatic rifles register them. There is just an interesting philosophical debate about where power should rest. Ann Bowman is a professor at Texas A&M. She said a state can make it more difficult for a county with what it mandates. There are all kinds of preemptions there that weren't there before. It's really a matter of basically a state wanting to control what's going on at the local level. Yet not every local official gets blowback for bucking the state. Early in the COVID-19 pandemic, a group of Texas sheriffs refused to enforce the governor's mask mandate. Yet there was no proposal to make them follow that law. Experts say that's because sheriffs align more with the conservative leadership of the state. State Representative David Cook, however, said he's open to reining them in. Here he is again. I have not filed a bill in that regard, but uh, I certainly would not rule it out. For the moment, though, bills targeting county district attorneys are what's on offer. The statewide association for DAs has told its members to take the proposals very seriously. For NPR News, I'm Brett Jaspers in Dallas. Online radio at its best. Seven sheriff's deputies in Virginia are facing a second-degree murder charge and charges for the death of a black man. Prosecutors say Ergo Otieno was smothered while in custody. The attorneys for Otieno's family say he was experiencing a mental health crisis on March 3rd, and the neighbor interpreted that as problematic, and that person called police. Police officers put Otieno in emergency custody. Officers took Otieno from hospital to jail after they say he became, quote, physically assaultive. Days later, as Otieno was being transferred to a state-run mental facility, he became combative. That's according to police. Deputies physically restrained him, and he died. He was held down on the ground, prone on the ground, for 12 minutes by all seven of our defendants charged here, including this one. Uh, So much so that they smothered him, and they smothered him to death. Today, his family watched surveillance videos showing how he died. I do not wish this on anyone else. I do not wish this on anyone's child or any parent or anyone else. We can do better. We can do better. For now, I'm asking for justice. Justice. Justice for my son. 
Seven deputies were initially arrested, and today three Central Health, Central State, excuse me, hospital employees were arrested. They are all charged with second-degree murder. While the autopsy has yet to be made public, the Dinwiddie Commonwealth's attorney charged the deputies with second-degree murder based on the available evidence. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is 55 minutes after the hour or five minutes before the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network, online radio at its best. And if you feel that you've heard this story before, you probably have. And I think the biggest example of something of this magnitude happening to another African-American man is what happened to George Floyd, you know, um, According to family members, if you look at the video, he was suffocated, which means that he was laid down in a prone position on his stomach, and people were on top of him, which constricted his ability to breathe. Now, you know, I keep saying that we have to talk about these stories because at the end of the day, you know, when we start acting as if these stories don't exist or if we start becoming numb to this, uh, that's when bad things continue to happen. Now, one can say, well, Jay, things are continuing to happen. Bad things are continuing to happen because you're always talking about these stories. That's true. But and we're going to continue to talk about them because we need to shed a light on things like this happening to folks who look like us. And I'm going to assume that most of the people that listen to our show, even though I do know that there are some people of the other color that participate or listens to this show, and we appreciate you. You know, we talked about this a little last week, how a lot of white folks died during um, uh, the civil rights movement. So, uh, listen, there are brothers and sisters who are not the same color or nationality or or same race as we are, but we understand that most of the folks who listen to this show more than likely look like all of us. And all of us, what I mean by that, as far as panelists on this show, we all are, you know, brothers and sisters. Now, that being said, here's the thing, Vanessa, that makes this situation even more alarming, especially what happened to the young man who was killed by those brothers who beat his tail and killed him to death. Most of the people that were arrested in this situation, they were African-American. If you go back and look at the folks who were indicted, I think there were probably maybe one white dude or maybe two. The rest of them were people that look like us. So is this a scenario where we feel, because as I go back and think about it, and Mr. Elias, remind me of that brother's name, man, who got killed by those cops. It's a shame that I don't know this. My my memory is just so bad. Yeah. Dante, what was his name? Dante. Uh, yeah. Usually, uh, usually, uh, um, um, uh, <laughs> real deal is she'll send me a message. Hey, this is the day, you know, it's kind of remind me of the guy's name. Uh, but, but anyway, he, that's a shame. And the fact that we can't recall his name tells you that they've killed so many of us. It's like, Oh my God, it's just another number. And shame on us for not knowing the number because this just happened not too long ago, knowing the name I should say. But, 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 but Vanessa, it's, it kind of remind when I watched the video of how those brothers beat that dude's tail, was it Tyree right. Nichols? Tyree Nichols, that's his name. Stop, you cheated, but thank you. Uh, yes, I did. Ty, uh, uh, yeah, I said Bobby Jones. See, Bobby, we need Bobby working the back. I know Bobby the one told you because Bobby Jones be on top of no, Bobby no, no, Jones. I'm Bobby Jones, Bobby Bobby Jones. The, no, no, I'm okay. Googled it. Okay. Okay. That's his name, Tyree Nichols. Yeah. Um, 
But when you go back and listen to that video, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you talk, yeah, what, brother? What, what? It's, it's almost like we have a license. It's almost that scenario of, hey, my dog can mess in my yard, but yours can't. You know, yeah, we can beat the hell out of one of our own, but y'all can't. And it just seems to me that they manhandled this person because they felt, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm looking at this the wrong way, Vanessa, in your, in your eyes, but it just seems to me that we think because if someone looks like us, we have the liberty to say, okay, yeah, we can beat your tail, we can fight you, because we know that if we're doing it, it's not coming from a place of malice. We're not kicking your tail because you look like us. We're kicking your tail because you downright did something wrong. And we're going to give you strong, we're going to, we're going to give you the power because we can. Is, is that, do you think that's the reason why we're seeing a lot of these, you know, to, to use Jerome's term, black on black crime? Think about the brother who was in Baltimore uh, and they threw him in the back of that panty wagon and he died. They're, you know, those, those officers, Freddie Gray, those officers were indicted. All, those, all, of, those, all of those officers were black. Except for, I think, one guy. So why do you think, Vanessa, we're talking about BLM and we're out there, you know, yelling at the top of our lungs, you know, you know, police brutality. But in some cases, the police are people that look like us. And I said police on purpose. What say you? I know you're going to get some emails, but I don't care. To me, you can get away with that. It's kind of like I cringe when I hear another black person say the N-word. I cringe on the inside because if I say it because I'm black, you're not upset. But if a white person says it, you want to fight them. I don't think it should be – I think it should just be a word that's just gone. So I think that the black-on-black black with the police officers starting to kill black people, they feel like they can do it, just like people feel like they can say the N-word because they're black. It's all wrong. It's, it's all I – don't, I don't think it's right to use the N-word and you black. I don't think the black people should be putting their hands on other black people. But you know what white people say? Let them in people kill each other. We don't care. I'm telling you, white people don't care if the black police kill the black person or black people are killing black people. To them, it's just one less black person to contend with. And you mean bad white people. We, we, we can't put them all in the same category. I'm pretty sure your friend that you hang out with, she, she wouldn't feel that way, right? Okay. Uh, no, I don't think they would. So you're right when, let me correct and apologize by saying some white people would be like, let them kill each other. That's just one less to contend with. So I think it's a sad situation, and I think that the black uh-huh. people who put that on the black people should be in the penitentiary right along with the rest of them. And I don't yeah, think they I agree with that. Now, when I get on Facebook and I say something like that, I have had to stop because a lot of my flight friends, spouses, or firemen and police officers and stuff, and they get so upset with me when I say stuff like that. Like, Vanessa, you shouldn't feel that way, and I didn't know you had that kind of attitude about that. Well, 
you know what? I do, and I don't. I don't. I don't think that y'all really care about us as much as I, I just don't. Well, is it? But okay, let me ask you this: Is it what? Is it the scenario that I mentioned before? It's like when you say the word, the then word, for example. And I tell you, man, every time this conversation kicks off. And my mother is not a proponent of using that word, don't get me wrong, but I remember this had to be dang near 40-something years ago when she explained to me why African-Americans use that word as a a term of endearment. I wish I would have recorded her because it's the best explanation I've ever heard anyone say uh, the reason why. And she wasn't, and in a way she was justifying it. Now, she would never use it, but she was explaining the reason why. And I've never heard that explanation better. But back uh, in the day and now, it's two different unfortunate periods in our life. It really yeah, is. But, but you, yeah, but you say using the N-word. I mean, a lot of brothers use the N-word as, you know, talking to other brothers. And and um, but if a you know, white and, and, person said that, would you be upset? Well, because because it goes back to what I said. With you. If a white person is playing dominoes with you and Liz, and they say it, would you be upset? Well, let me explain. Let me answer the question. I think it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the set was is where is it is it coming from a place of a term of endearment or is it coming from a place of malice? Because it can have two different definitions depending on who you ask. Okay. You know, I, that, I, I remember. That's, that's like females calling each other the B word. If a well, man you calls you the B word, you know, like yeah, you, yeah but point. some females call each other B's and they get away with it. Cause that's how they that's how they communicate. With that's a other, that's so. a term. That's a good. You you just stole my thunder, man. But you're absolutely correct. That's a very good way of putting it. And and some of them be call each other the 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 W. They call each other the whole word or whatever. But you know what? I don't like any of it. But that's just me. That's just me. I don't like any of it. And I don't think that being black justifies. Beating on a black person and killing a black person in the jail cell. Well, nobody's saying it justifies it. We're trying to figure out the mentality of why we feel that it's okay for us to use excessive force against our own, but then when a white person does it, all of a sudden we're outside with flags. Huh? (laughs) What what did you say? Well, no, it's not. No, I don't think. No, no, no. What I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that it just seems to me we feel that we, it's like it's almost like when you watch, it's like you know, it, 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 I don't know if, I'm, if if this is apples and oranges, but it's like when white people watch black folks discipline their kids. Oh my God, I can't believe you! Oh, you hit them with a strap. Hey, that's how we roll. We're not gonna put them in the corner and tell them put their nose in the corner. We no no. We for the bring the, we for the bring down the thunder, because that's the way that was our mentality. So people look at that. So black folks like yeah, I'm gonna whoop my kid's tail, but I bet not get a call from school saying a white teacher spanked my kid, even though you know that's back in the day when we grew up. You know, I mean, come on, that was a part of life. You went to school, you did something, they tapped that tail. They don't do that anymore, and for good reason. 
because I think that a lot of the teachers that are in school now, I mean, the, the standards are so low, and I'm not, you know, trying to be say anything bad about teachers. I just think that a teacher, a fireman, a police officer, when you were growing up, those people were held high, of held of high esteem in the community. Your teacher said something. Your parent, your teacher was like an extra parent. That's not how it is nowadays. So I can understand why, but back then. You know, you can be you can beat your kids' self, but nobody else better not beat your kids' self. So it's just like we own we own each other. If this is somebody that's a part of my race. So if I'm whooping their tail, if I'm beating that tail, I'm not beating that tail because they're black. I'm beating that tail because of the severity of what they did, which is, you know, is ridiculous. But I'm just saying, is that the mentality that a lot of these people are having because, once again, you're seeing a lot of people who look like us doing damage to people like us. And I don't think it's their intent to to kill them. Jay, don't you think, this is going to be off just a little, but this is your expertise with music and stuff here in Liz. Don't you think, don't you cringe when you hear the songs? and they be using the B word and calling them hoes and all of that? Don't you? I do. Do you know? When you hear that, don't it? I mean, yeah, I do. the kids got to be bopping, and that's why they think it's okay for a guy to call them all of this because it's. I agree. I'm, I guess I, I know I'm coming to age, and I don't care. I'm 60. I didn't been out there. I didn't did, but you know, I just. I, I agree just with you. I agree with you, Vanessa, because I have girls. And I'll tell a quick story. We have to get out of here. I, I tell a quick story how I, went, I was in my daughter's room one day, and next to her, my oldest daughter, and next to her computer, there were some lyrics that she wrote down. And I read that mess. I'm like, what the hell is this? So I immediately, she was in high school, I, I was like, what is this? Because, you know, once again, I tell people all the time, you know, there are three different people when it comes to your kids. It's the one that you know, and then it's the one that their friends know, and then if they're in a relationship, it's the one that that person knows. So you have to be careful when you start wading into those other areas. So so I looked at this stuff, and I was livid because she was writing some rap lyrics, and all they were coming yeah, when these ages get on my thing. And, well, W's, that reminds me of a scene in uh, <laughs> Rush Hour 3, but I digress. But it's like, when these W's... Yeah, 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 but 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 it was like, yeah, when these motherfuckers, I'm like, what are you? I said, you're using derogatory terms towards you when a man called you a bitch. You know what that means? But you write in it, you you singing it and doing ah. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you, Vanessa. I think that that um, we have to be careful with that. But I don't know any any final comments, Miss Elias, before we step out on this one. I have a comment. Yeah, I was going to say, let Jerome comment. Good morning. How are you? What's happening, man? Well, listen, we're going to extend this for about five minutes because I definitely want to hear what Soul Brother Number One has to say. Let me let me give you the proper introduction. Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house, the smartest man in the world. Uh, We love that he's here. I'm glad that he jumped in on this. We're going to extend it five minutes because I have the privilege and the authority to do that. Floor is yours, Jerome. What say you? (laughs) Yeah, it's good. You're going to wish you hadn't done that. I'm just going to put that out there right Well, now. I already know. I mean, you know, I, you trust you know, me. I, you trust me. You're not going to catch me by surprise, but go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I already know. The thing is, I, I feel like I tuned into Fox News for a second because folks oh, wow. are pretty hard on black people, which I think is kind of weird 
Right. What do you mean? Because we act as if there are not idiosyncrasies in our community, right? Okay. So what happens is that how we handle stuff culturally does not translate to white people. So to say if a white person says this, you shouldn't get mad if you don't get mad if a black person says this, it's crazy because we do things different. We, we, can, we are not white people, for one. How long right? have you been listening and, to this segment? Because that's well, not what I said. But go well, ahead. Essentially, essentially <laughs> you guys both. Where's Elias when I need him? Elias, what did you hear? Where's Elias? I, I heard that, you know, when we'd be mad if a white person said the N-word. And, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, I would be, I would be upset. But I right. didn't say, I said, that's how, hold on, let me say this, and I'm going to give it back to you. I said that I wish I could record something that my mother said that justifies the reason why African Americans say, use that word uh, when we're talking to each other. So, no, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what you heard there, but no, I'm, well, I, I think I'm going to I agree with was, what you just said, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what I heard was that yeah. either. Uh, that that nobody should say it for one, and two, it's wrong for us to get, you know, like I think the part where it stuck out is when we were saying that about cops, right? We were saying that we don't get mad when black police do something and mad when white folks do do it. Our, no, no, that's not what I said. Is, that's not well, what we said. No, that's not, not, not the N word. Not, not the one either. Right. It wasn't it wasn't an N word for the police. It was just saying that how come the community doesn't get outraged when a black policeman kills somebody opposed to white policemen? What did you say, Jay? What no, what I said no what, what what I said was that why do we feel why do we I'm trying to find out the mentality behind black officers. Why is it in the Freddie Gray case? You know, you had those are brothers and sisters that were indicted. You know, in this case that we're talking about uh, with this young man who was in a mental institution, the people that were indicted, most of them were African American. I'm thinking, what is the mentality? Do we feel because they look like us, we have the authority to tap that tail? Because when we tap that tail, we're not kicking their tail because they're black. We're kicking their tail because of what they did. That's what I was. I was trying to figure out why do we feel it's okay for us to beat the hell out of, out of people. To look like us. That's where I was coming from. That that was my right. But that was what I was trying to find but, out. Yeah, but the part I heard was, um, how come we're not in an outrage when a black policeman does something and the white policeman doesn't? Kind of. I, didn't hear okay. that. I don't remember saying that, but okay. I mean, that's all right. I mean, that's okay. what we heard. We didn't that's say right. that. Is that what you thought? You wanted to hear because we didn't say that. Sweetie. No, I didn't want. To hear, oh. I didn't want to hear anything. I think. I think going into <laughs> this. No, no, seriously. I, I think yeah. that when it comes to the dynamics of black people and how we translate yeah. to white folks, it's a part of what white supremacy is, right? Like that we okay. don't have this equal thing across the board that black people look at the world like white folks do, right? Okay. And so when okay. a black parent, when my, and my mom was, um, was a teacher, uh, was, yeah. re- is retired from teaching, right? But uh-huh. When I would go into her classroom, she did treat black students a little bit differently because she knew, like, the parents gave her a little bit more leeway. 
right? Right. And so when she said sit right. your butt down, she may have talked to him a little harsher, but she said I, right. she said I kind of set a tone for the whole class because the kid who she knew was not. Yeah. Um, he knew he wasn't going to hurt her, and she had parents. She had permission from her parents. Black people right. do that culturally, so we react yes. to black people very different than we do to everybody else. Right. So, so when so when we use like the N word, for example, I'm a basketball player. So when we're in the park and people are saying the N word, you you see two black people use the N word, try to get up between them, and they're friends, and they're just talking yeah. and say, "Yo, brother, I don't think you should use the N word." You want to fight both yeah. of them at that point. Because that's not hostile to them. But when white folks say that to black people, they're not saying it trying to be your friend. Right? I don't care how they use it. You want to get punched in the face, say the N-word amongst somebody black, especially past a certain generation. Nobody gets a pass on that when you say that we should be okay with it. If we're okay with black people saying it, we should be okay with white folks saying it. Because white folks really don't treat us that way. We don't go into white folks' culture and go, do you go home and say to your parents, I saw my white friend yell at his mama so I can yell at mine? I don't right. care if that plays off culturally or not. We don't do See, that. I don't think anybody should say it. So I don't care who, I can't, I, Vanessa cringes. But Vanessa's old school, and I didn't necessarily grow up without my mama popping one of us in the mouth for saying it. So, and I'm 60. And my mom still did not like us calling each other out those names. So maybe right. it's because I grew up where my mother was like, why do you have to say that name? Why do you have to say that? You know, so we used to get in trouble for saying it. Because right. my mom just want us growing up saying it. So, yeah, right. I got a problem. I, Wait a minute, but did your mother, did your mother go around, did your mother go around popping other black people who she heard say it to? No, because no. that wasn't her child to pop there. Exactly. And nobody on the show said that we needed to pop somebody in the mouth for said it. I just no. said I cringe. And I don't like to hear it in songs. I don't like to hear it in music. I don't like when they say in the B word. I don't like any of it. You know why? Because these young black girls think it is okay when the brothers out there call them those words. Yeah, I did but say I, that. No, I did say that. No, that's if you heard that part. I did say that because I have girls, and I just yeah. think, come on, you, you really? I, don't care I did who say child that. Says, my, child, my child's not going to say it. My child's not going to say that. So I don't have to worry about that. All right, let's let him finish. Come on, Jerome. Let let him wrap up because we are late. We we got to go. Let him let him wrap no, up. No, we we got to go. I'll, I'll let you wrap up on that. We we can go. Yeah, we okay, can go. all right. Well, that's good. All right, well, we can go. Executive producer Vanessa. Wrong, I, just want, I just want to be clear that both of you guys are kind of wrong. We, we can't go there. We cannot go, sir. We can't. No, I'm just joking <laughs> with you. All right, off. we'll stop. I know we we'll, you know, we don't. We'll talk about it uh, when we do our little introduction. We got a little time there. All right, we'll stop. I'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. I like how drove this. Online radio at best. Yeah. 
it looks like a video has come out showing the interactions between the two of them. And Michael Irvin has now sued Marriott again for over $100 million saying that this is a public hanging of a brother. And, uh, you know, it's something I wanted to talk about this morning because when you look at Jerome, that whole situation, when you watch the video of him and his interactions with this young lady, it's a 45-second encounter, right? And Mm -hmm. it looks as if nothing happened. Now, we can't hear the audio, but there were two people that were with Michael Irvin at the time, and they said, look, we looked at it from a distance, and we saw we didn't see anything. So here's another case of a woman accusing someone. Listen, man, I I don't know what was said, right? But Mm -hmm. just think about you have to be now. You're coming from an event. There's people around. He runs into people all the time, and unless he was drunk and acting belligerent, there was no indication. How would it escalate to him saying something inappropriate to a female in 45 seconds? Not saying that it can't happen, but when you look at the video. So now, what Marriott is saying when you go back and look at the video, there is a part of the video where. It looks like she steps back, but that was like within 15 seconds of their encounter. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and so at that time they're saying, well, that illustrates that he, she say, he said something appropriate and she stepped back. She stepped back. <laughs> I mean, you know, this, this, rem- this dude, man, this, this reminds me of Bill Cosby all over again. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, it it reminds me it reminds why? us of how easy why? Why? it reminds why? us of how easy why? it is for men to get charged with something just because a woman said that they did it. Everybody's so dumb wow. and sensitive to anything being appropriate that they err on the side of women, um, at the detriment of men. Right? And the problem with that is that you you don't even need proof anymore. So if he gets suspended and loses wages and gets his name tarnished what does it, what kind of recourse does anybody have for that? So he has to sue folks so that they stop doing that. They're not going to do it because they normally do it to black folks. And what happens is that when um, always, I think, it always kind of gives people fuel when it's somebody black too. Like, well, you could have did it, right? Like we always think negative of black people. Mike Auburn is smart. He don't give a rat, but he he's smart. And so it's not like, whether it's him or, well, I'm not going to throw out any other names, but I was going to say that other other people have been in similar situations. And I remember Derek Coleman's situation when he was playing for the um, for the Nets. And some really? woman said that, he, he yes, he inappropriately touched her on the elevator. And I, I remember Derek um, um, in college. And I remember he and I, we were literally sitting at a bar. And, and I don't drink, but he and I was talking. He was not drinking. And he said to me that um, these women act like they don't, I, that we don't know what they're doing. And so as drunk women came up to him, he was like, get away from me. Like, he was pretty mean to them yeah. flirting with him while they were drunk. Because what will happen is that they'll say, oh, that dude did this. So the woman who did that to him in the elevator, he sued her. He sued her for like a couple, like a few million dollars. He won. Oh, wow. She don't have no money to pay him. But he said any woman that comes after him, he is going at them. And he was not playing. So 
wow. you know, I, I think I think you have to sue people when they do this now because it's too easy for um, guys to get accused of something, and then we have to be on a defensive for every word that we say. Like, you know, it, it's weird because you can't even um, tell a woman that you're interested in them without them saying, I, I feel like you're creepy for actually asking me to go on a date. Like, it's getting really extreme. So, yeah, I, I didn't see Michael Irving's thing, but I can't imagine just from looking at something with no audio people implying that he said something to her. That's the default well, yeah, is always well, believing yeah, the woman. Well, that's the part, though. When you look at it, it was, it, it, you know, she walked up to him or whatever, and he said whatever, and it was it lasted 45 seconds. And, and you know, and, and listen, Vanessa, I know you, Vanessa's sitting in Texas, so let me, let's, let me go to Vanessa because I can't even read what she's doing. I'm trying to pull comments she's sitting in Texas. <laughs> All right, so, so Vanessa, why don't you just uh, tell everyone what you're sending us? So that way, we, everyone can participate in the conversation. Yes. I sent a picture wrong, too, because I kept trying to ask the question and I was muted. Oh. I just wanted to know if she was you black or muted. white. She yes, was I white. Was. I kept on saying, was she white and nobody answered me? Well, that, that was because that was you, nobody. That was you. We didn't mute you. But, okay, she was white. Okay. She was white. So, you know what I said about this? <laughs> Go ahead, Vanessa. White women, and then yeah, this stuff won't happen. This OJ, y'all learn from OJ. Lead up white women. Sister said that to me. Sister said that to me earlier this week. Talking about white women and devils. Well, well, okay, all right. Okay, let me go to Mr. Elias. Here's the problem, though. The problem is, you know, and listen, I think a lot of this is based on Michael Irvin's history because everybody knows Michael Irvin used to get it in back in the day. But when you watch him now, you know, it's just like with anything else. There are things that we've done, we did when we were young. But as you mature, you, you know, you you know, you you grow. You know, boys to men, you you grow. You you get out of those simple things, and you know. I think what happens, he's a very personable person, very approachable. So now what happens is he's going to have his guards up, just like the story that Jerome just told about Derek Coleman. You know, I'm pretty sure Derek Coleman, before, you know, he became famous and had some close brushes with the law because of this type of nonsense, and I'm not going to say nonsense. If it's legitimate, it's legitimate, but in most cases it probably is not. But, it, it you know, oh, he's mean, yeah. he's nasty, he's this. You know, I just, look what happened to Mike Tyson. You know, there was a lot of evidence that was never presented in that Mike Tyson case where her roommate said, yeah, I'm going I'm to get him. But that never made it to the court, you know. And so right. she got pissed off because Mike Tyson tapped that tail and put her out. Oh, okay, I'm going to fix him. And bam, here we go. So, you know, in this situation, when we look at these types of scenarios, it's going to be bad for the public moving forward because now he's going to be guarded. You can't trust. That was a 45-second encounter. And all I'm saying is, if you, unless you're just a nasty joke and that's on your mind all the time, don't you have to work up to, to, to you just, you're just going to say, hey, baby, you know, hey, how you doing, Mr. Irvin? Hey, I want to grab your top dog. Don't you already got to kind of be... It just seems to me that there was not enough time, and I'm not saying that he did not say it. So please, and, and you know, during this next break, I'm going to go pull comments down. I can't wait to hear some of this stuff. But I'm not saying that it could not have happened, Mr. Elias. What I'm saying is, is that unless he was already fired up and ready to go, why would he even? I mean, come on. I, I don't get it, man. But but you know, what say you? Can I, can I say this really quickly? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I know, yeah, I know you're, 
I know you're doing both sides of that and saying that you don't know what he could have said, but we don't know if she said something. He ain't responsible for making sure she feels okay about what she said to him. Like right. that's my that was my point to begin with. It's like this is always one sided for guys, and it's a no win that we have to always be like, well, you know, I'm not saying he wasn't wrong. I'm saying who said that she was right? Like that ain't our, that ain't our call. We didn't see anything, so we don't have to play both sides of the fence. We know as that's black true. men culturally that we have all probably been in situations where we had to defend something that some, you know, Karen did to us. We've all been in those yeah. situations, so you can't just oh, by yeah. default be like, um, yeah, um, well, he could have offended her. She's going to be offended if he says, no, I'm going to go left, and she says go right, because I told you to do that. Like, people are oppressive, and when it comes to white supremacy generally, that white folks want to tell you what to do, and I have seen many a times that when people yeah. will step up and try to dictate something to black folks when they have no power, the janitor will do right. that to you. So now for us to question Michael Irvin just because he's a former football player and high profile, like he could have been in the wrong, is wrong. I'm sorry, Elliot. No, I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. No, no, go ahead, Mr. Elliot. Well, you know, all I can say is Emmett Till. That woman came out, what, 85 years later and said that Emmett Till didn't even whistle at her? Right. man, look, this this 45-second in action, I've watched the thing, too. And they, they, you know, they shook hands, whatever, at the end of action. And it just it didn't appear to me that he said anything inappropriate to her. Because I, I watched some on TMZ and said, see, by her body language, looked like she said something because she put her hands behind her back. I'm like, okay, that means she said something inappropriate because she put her hands behind her back. <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it, man. And I, I hope the I hope the brother wins this one. I hope I hope, I hope they, they they take it to the next level when he wins his hundred million dollars because hey man he right now he can't he's not working, you know, and we don't know really what's going on with this brother. So bottom line, he's not working. He, they said because he put his hands behind his back that he was threatening. No, no, she put her hands while I, while he was talking. She put her hands behind her back and. And they said, well, that, that looks like you did say something inappropriate because she put her hands behind her back. I'm like, you assess that from that? Yeah. You know, That's you know how stupid that sounds? Because it's, it's, it's the opposite in body language, if you know how to read body language. having Putting your hands behind your back is exposing your front. When you feel threatened, you usually turn to the side or you cover up your front like somebody's going to attack you. So usually people bring their hands closer to their chest opposed to behind their back. That so just generally on on the surface that sounds stupid to me, right? When you're threatened, you do not expose your face. You don't yeah. expose your. You don't do that. That's not even natural. So especially like talking said, about he's doing. Black. Yeah, he's black, so they'll use it, anything against him. Especially yeah. if like, you're doing something, you put your hands behind your back. Usually, if I'm threatened, I get into a defensive stance. Can I ask? Three black men, a question real quick, Jay. Just give me a quick answer real quick. Why do y'all, no, no, let me regroup. I apologize, let me regroup. Why do you, don't be fine at me, Jay. Why do black men still go and talk and say stuff to white women and y'all know they setting y'all up? 
And Michael Irvin's defense, this woman worked in a hotel, and she's, he, she walked up to him, and he's having a conversation with her. And now, if, if a white woman walks up to me and says something, should I just walk off them and, and, and be rude? Well, that's, 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 that's what this was about. And, and just don't say nothing. That, I mean, you know, was anybody else in the elevator with them? No, they weren't even in the elevator. They were in the elevator. Yeah, they were standing. They were still in the elevator, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, this is going to sound weird, but can I defend white women here for a minute? <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, really you are defending <laughs> white Oh let, me, let me defend white women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Come on, Jerome. We got three minutes, man. I feel some kind of way. Go ahead. No, no, let me go because we have three minutes. We are way behind. Go ahead because okay. I want to get this last all, part all again. Go ahead. All I'm saying, okay, so I'm saying she's saying why would you why would you deal with them or why would you um, kind of talk to them? I want to say white women approach people very differently right and so you don't know if you should be defensive or you could you know be kind like hey. the issue is is that guys who are um chivalrous will be nice to women across the board and i don't think they really right. look at race like that even though Thank you. you don't expect that or see it coming until the woman reveals her her um her disposition we don't really do it so I don't care if it's a little yeah. kid. We don't do little white babies crazy when we see them. Like, we don't look at race yeah. like that. Women are women yeah. to guys, and it, it's yeah. really difficult. Yeah. Yes, yes. Women are women. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'll yeah. say my final comments. <laughs> do my final thoughts. I ain't talking to you, Vanessa. We got to go. We got to go. Yeah, yeah. We got to go. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah, I am going to get in trouble. We'll be right back after this. Online radio at its best.
1272 is a call number. It is the serious side of the J Raw Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. And of course, it is time for us to say cello to our family and friends on the show. Let's say good morning to my sweetie sweets, Miss Vanessa May Belly from the Macinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? You know I love y'all. And when I'm not on the show, I just miss fuck with y'all and trip you, Jerome. <laughs> did you say you missed like Jerome? It, it broke up at that part. Did you say you missed him or did you say except for you, Jerome? I just want to make sure we get some clarity on that. I miss fighting with Jerome the boat. Oh, I do. God. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I, don't how, I don't know how I should feel about that one, but okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> most fighting with Jerome, the most fighting. Why can't this be a conversation? But that's okay. <laughs> the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, is in the house as well. My brother from another mother. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good until I realize I have to get up for a fight every Sunday. No, I'm, no. I'm good. Well, you know, you got one compadre on your side, and we all know who that is. Uh, let's say good morning to him, why don't you? Mr. Elias is in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, and uh, good morning, Nesta. Uh, good morning, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Mr. Sister. Uh, good morning, Miguel Julia. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Mary the Music. And Mary the Music, that first song. Well, Mr. was by Mr. Bobby Caldwell, and uh, wow, rest in peace, Bobby Caldwell, man. That yep. that one, yeah, that one got me right there. What you in the name of the song is called "What You Want to Do for Love," and the last one was by Gino Benelli, and it's called "I Just Want to Stop." And good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jumo. Mr. Les, can we say hello to people in the world famous chat room, or is it empty as usual? Well, no, Mr. Cobina man is in there with us. Man. Oh, he has a comment I want to read. Yep. All right, we'll definitely read it during that time. What's up, Cobina? That's my guy right there. We'll say what's up to the preacher. What's happening, Pastor? How you doing? Praise God. Uh, you know us trying to make sure we live in our best life. We'll also say what's happening to Sabrina. I want to say what's up to Reginald uh, and Tanisha. We haven't heard from you in a minute. Yeah, I know who you are. You comment every now and then. She's from NYC. Uh, and I can't wait to read what she has to say. I'm pulling your comments down now, Tanisha. I can't wait to read them during the State Your Case part of the show. All right, we are running behind. we got to get into this last topic because I definitely want to get some commentary on it. Here it is. Online radio at its best. Now a Republican lawmaker is seeking to eliminate the party entirely. A bill filed today called the Ultimate Cancel Act would decertify any political party that previously advocated for slavery. UCLA's Capitol Bureau reporter Libby Dean has more. The real question here is if this bill will get any traction. Democrats don't think so, calling it unconstitutional. Even so, it's been filed, and the bill's sponsor says it would have been hypocritical not to do so. 
a Florida lawmaker wants to get rid of Florida's Democratic Party. To me, it would be absolutely hypocritical not to cancel the Democrat Party themselves. That's essentially what the Ultimate Cancel Act, a bill filed by State Senator Blazing Golia, would do if it became law. <laughs> The bill requires the Division of Elections to cancel filings of any political party that has previously advocated for slavery. Under the bill, voters registered with any canceled party would become NPA voters. It would be interesting to find out um, if those voters who are now decertified and then they become NPA choose to go back um, to the party now that they know that they were the party that was pushing the issue and advocating for the issue of slavery. The proposal facing widespread criticism from Democrats. Shame on the radical Republican Party for initiating some type of a piece of legislation of this magnitude. This is what a dictator does. House Speaker Fincher's Driscoll calls it a distraction. I mean, it's a complete and absolute abuse. It's unconstitutional. This bill will go nowhere. It is meritless. It deserves zero airtime. This bill was just filed in the Senate today, so there isn't a House companion just yet. And legislative leaders so far aren't commenting on whether they'll take this up during the upcoming session. Okay. So now, uh, programming note, we're not going to have an NPR News update. Uh, we will do State Your Case because I did pull some comments down. So we have five minutes to chop this one up, and we're going to stay strict on time. All right. Um, interesting, uh, this topic, because they were talking about eradicating the Democratic Party in Florida. But you heard the reasonings why they did it. And we all know that back in, you know, listen, that's what you heard the term Dixiecrats. I mean, we know back in the day, Democrats were, you know, I mean, wasn't George McGovern, uh, not George McGovern, but uh, what's the guy that was, uh, Wallace, wasn't George Wallace a Democrat? So we know that back in the day, Democrats, Southern Democrats, was definitely in favor of segregation and things of that nature. This is interesting. I, I'm not going to give my opinion. I just want to hear what, what you all have to say about this, because as you fast forward this into the, into the present day and time, we all know what they're trying to do. But the reasoning for him introducing this bill is what caught my attention, because I didn't know that until I did the research for the show. Um, that being said, I guess the logical person to go to here is, is Jerome. And once again, we got to stay within our time frame. So, Jerome, man, give, give me your comments on this, man. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, um, you know, you, you take the party who is the least um, socially conscious um, people on the planet. What, they, what they're doing is just trying to disrupt the, the Democrats at any place that they can because yeah. it's dumb legislation. Right to say yeah. that we want to disband anybody who we can say next time we want to disband anybody who went against abortion or went for abortion. Right. But you just pick a topic and just say that. And so I think the Republicans are clever to whenever they have a chance to you know um, beat that other beat the other party down, they will take it. They will huh. take it as much as they 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 don't care about any issue or topic. They care about hurting you. And I just recently had a conversation about this with um, um, the system anyway when it comes to systemic racism is that it right. will fight against black people just because they're on one side. They don't care what the topic is or the other. It just pretty much says, we want you guys to be gone. And I think that's what this is. Huh, interesting. What about, about you, Vanessa? Right? What, do you, what do you think about this? This, this, this was this – was, uh... You know, I mean, the fact that they're saying this is the party that supported uh, segregation and racism and slavery, 
You know, I think that's, you know, I think that's just a cover. But what, what do you think about this? The same thing I think about them saying that you can't discuss black history in the schools. The same thing that I think about all the other stuff that they're doing that is against black people. So I think it's all ridiculous. It's a ploy. But hold on, you said something interesting. I'm just trying to. How does that correlate with, uh, you know, this uh, culture of uh, uh, not discussing, you know, black history in schools versus this? Is it what you're talking about? Not wanting to discuss slavery by getting rid of the people who had something to do with it back in the day? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm just asking. I was just trying to figure out how no, you I'm made the connection. That's what all. you were saying when you were discussing that. Is that what you were saying? No, 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 no. no. What, what I was saying was is that what they try, what, what we're trying to do is he's trying to he's trying to push this bill under the cover of well, this is the real reason because he knows what type of flack he's going to get for this bill. So, oh, I just want to make sure that we understand and call Democrats. Let's see if you're going to support a party because everyone knows that most African Americans support the Democratic Party. So what this guy is trying to say in so many words, oh, well, okay. Listen, now that you know that the Democratic Party supported slavery back in the day. Uh, you know, now you can re-register and see if you really and truly want to support the party that supported slavery. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of nonsense, in my opinion, but, I, but that's what he's doing. I don't understand why they're coming up with all of this. Why? Because it's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. Republicans are really good at this. They do... They they do like pop culture stuff in their legislation to get people mm-hmm. talking about that, so you won't know that they're curving your voting rights and taking away, trying to get rid of fraternities at HBCUs. Like they they're doing other things, so they do pop culture stuff to get you distracted, so that we talk about it. Yeah. All right, Mister Elias. Unfortunately, yeah, it's good, Mister Elias. We only have about two minutes, man. Um, so I'm gonna give them to you. You get the last word anyway. So well, what do you think about this? Isn't the Santos supposed to be against cancel culture? <laughs> isn't, this, isn't this what he's running on? Cancel culture? And, and, and you know, but, and he's trying to cancel the Democratic Party. So, and he's, and he's a bit of a hypocrite by saying that uh, because, you know, and, and, and everybody knows that Democrats, yeah, back in the day, were, they were the party for slavery. But how things have changed. How things have changed. How about how about we we ban the party for white supremacy? Well, that would probably be the that would probably be the Republicans because they they got the party of white supremacy. Let's ban them. So I mean, if right. you want to talk about banning some for somebody, some did in the back in the day, then hey, yeah. let's ban the Republican Party altogether. So stop it. Okay. Well, okay. Well said. Well said. All right, we got to move on. We got to move on. Here we go. All right, it's time for us. We're going to skip the news. We're going to jump straight into comments because I think we have some interesting comments to read. All right, uh, it is time for State Your Case. Pastor Steve, State Your Case, where we read comments from the World Famous Chat Room and from social media sites, sites that we monitor throughout the course of the show. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have? I got Covina, man, when you said black DAs and prosecutors aren't afraid of Trump and his crew. Say that again. Uh, he Say said again. black DAs and prosecutors aren't afraid of Trump and his crew. That's true. 
That's true. And, uh, and that's another reason why people are trying to say, yeah, we know why he's coming after him. Yeah, whatever. All right, so I have a few to read here. I mean, three minutes. All right, so uh, Pastor Steve uh, says, uh, please and bless his family. Great show, as always. Thought-provoking topics by the best podcasters in the land. Man, I'll take that one. High five to you, Pastor. Uh, Clarence from Hope, Arkansas. Says BS. I agree with Jerome. Stop trying to play both sides of an argument. If a person is wrong, they are wrong. Stop this nonsense. Hey man, Clarence, tell us how you really feel. All right, uh, Reginald uh, from Ohio says, "Rest in peace to one of the coolest white boys to ever hold a mic." That's to Bobby Caldwell. I agree with you on that. Uh, let me read two more. Let me see. Uh, here's somebody named C. From Saginaw, Michigan, the madness continues. Stop making excuses for using the N-word. If the word is offensive, everyone should stop using it. Talk about your double standards, and that's your opinion. Last one. Uh, oh, Tanisha, I did say we get to Tanisha. Tanisha, here is, what are you saying? Here is the one thing that I agree with Miss Vanessa. That's right, Tanisha. Tanisha would be the one that would be, be talking crazy with Vanessa, and I don't like that, Tanisha. She said, I do agree with Miss Vanessa. Men should stop calling women B-I-T-C-H's, period. Okay, uh, well said, and uh, there you go. Those are comments. Well, those are the ones I'm going to read this morning because we just don't have time. We just had so much fun. And you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. All right. Uh, sorry, folks. Uh, great conversations this morning. And the purpose of the show is for us to engage in conversation. Sometimes those conversations last longer than they should, but that's okay. That's what we do. We talk. That's what we do on the show. And it's time for our final thoughts. And ladies are first. Miss Vanessa Mae Belly from the McAnally. Final thoughts. You know, everybody, um, everybody's raised differently. Everybody's parents flip their butts over different things. Everybody, except when the street lights got turned off, you should have been in the house by then. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just I, I just have a problem with the language in the songs and the language that we're young using among each other sometimes. Because if we don't stop it, we can't get mad when other people use it, whether it's out of endearment of love or it's not. I just, like... Like my daughter and them, and they're all HBCU educated, and guess what they say? Negro, please. My daughter never uses that word. Her friends don't use that word. They say, Negro, please. Now, y'all know the other way of saying it. So I'm just saying, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to be two-sided. I'm not trying to be any kind of two-sided. I'm just trying to say that your children sit back or listening to what's coming out of your mouth and think it's okay. So if you want your children to say it, then go right on ahead, knock yourself out. If, and I mean the B word, and the W word, and the H word, and however else you want to spell it. So children are listening to what's coming out of your mouth. So you do what you want to do, but your grandchildren are listening to what's coming out of your mouth. And so um, anyway, y'all have a good week, and I will continue to pray for the, uh, this country, and y'all make sure that y'all get ready to get out there and vote because the white supremacy and the white people are crazy. Some of them are really crazy. Not all, but some of them are crazy. <laughs> I thought we were going to get out of here without her saying all of them. <laughs> there you go. One last swing before the show is. There you go. Y'all too. I love you. All right. The man. <laughs> Whatever. All right. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Final thoughts, brother. Yeah. I I just still wanted to um, also comment on that to say 
that we have two different cultures, and when somebody says Negro, please, we know they mean the N-word. <laughs> like, we can read between the lines. Like, you don't actually have to say it for people to go, uh, Nucka or whatever. No, I'm just saying we're clever in our language that we create all of these different variations that kind of has the same effect. And, uh, and all I'm saying is that our culture does not translate to other cultures, right? We're unique. We change language. We just kind of keep it moving. And our, we should not expect anybody else to get us. We should not say that just because we can do it that white people shouldn't be able to do it. We shouldn't do that. We just like need to say that if you don't understand the culture, don't use the words within that culture if you don't know what they mean. So if somebody, I've seen women call each other the B word, but I don't call women that, right? Because by right, if I did and I didn't know that woman and I called her that, we ain't on it like that, so she should be mad at me. So I just, I'm saying all that to say that language kind of works like this. You will get the results um, based upon the words that you choose, and if you choose to use a word that gets you hit in the mouth, that is just your choice. Good luck and good night. On that. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like uh, what the contract sounded off. Uh, good luck and good night. All right, demanding is the first and last word here on the serious side. The one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man. Final thoughts. Hey, man, the more the words of Biz Marquis, you work for UPS. Now, you put the first word with that. Hey, uh, look, folks, get out and vote because if you don't, you don't have a voice, man. So stop making excuses about why you can't vote or why you shouldn't vote. Look, uh, it's not even our right to vote because if they feel like it, they can take that right away after 10 years. So get out and vote and put the right people in office so they can make that thing permanent. You said the white people are the right people. The white I said the right people. Oh, see, see, you said white. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, okay. He said the right people, said the man, right not the white people. people. Okay, well, that's what you meant to say. Right All right. All right, my final thoughts are pretty quick. You know, Sherman, uh, I didn't read your comment uh, from Converse, Texas. He said, uh, he said, go on and say what you were going to say, Jay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, Sherm. Let me tell you something, man. Self-incrimination is not what I'm all about, so I'm going to leave that alone. I'm just going to say we're glad that everyone's listening to the show. We're glad that you are in the hizzy, and we want to thank you for your continued support of the serious side. It is truly a blessing to have conversations with you all every Sunday morning. Uh, when you guys contact us or if we see you in person, we feel that we've been knowing you for years. And so that's just one of the perks of doing this every Sunday. And on that note, Mr. L to the E to the S, it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow show. Peace and blessings, folks. Have a wonderful work week. Be safe. Make sure you wear your seatbelts at all times. And remember, if it is Sunday, and if it, huh? Yes, uh, what she said. Uh, so for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Elias, I'm Jay Rosen. Have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, and we're having a wonderful time, and if we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. Coming up next, on a need-to-know basis, with my brother from another mother, Mr. Jerome Spree. Happy Sunday, everybody. We'll see you next week. Talk to you soon, Jay and Les. All right, now. <laughs> I love her. Jay.
The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Folks, you know what time it is. It is time for all the need to know bases with my brother Jerome, Mr. Jerome Shmi. Man, what you got going on this morning as I pass the baton to you and your homeboy, Mr. L to the E to the S? Uh, we are pretty much going to talk about Vanessa the all, all the show, so <laughs> I'm a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all want to hear our new Vanessa topic show? Today is your Vanessa Black History Month show that we're going to talk about Vanessa. I'm just joking. We're not going to talk about Vanessa. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We just, we're going to try to catch up on some old news, some new news. We're going to talk about the um, Trump folks and, you know, supporters trying to, you know, make a lot of noise so he don't get indicted. You know, that kind of stuff, so. Just regular news stuff. That's all we're doing. You know, I I was um, you know I I forgot to give us some Black History Month stuff um to put them on deck um uh, for today, but I'll, I'll probably pull some out of the hat as we go along. But what was the first topic on the show, Elias, that I missed? I, I missed the very first uh, topic. The rest of our charge. Will Trump get arrested and be charged? Oh. Week? Well, okay. Well, so, matter of fact, I guess I'll start with my Trump story then because I, since I missed it, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to talk about it. So, you know, Trump Trump supporters, um, Trump, he is calling for his supporters to protest his potential indictment um, this week. So, I guess Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg um who said um, intimidation tactics won't be tolerated. And he released a memo from his office, um, staff assuring them their safety without using Trump by name, but mentioned an ongoing investigation by this office. And it comes as reports emerge that Trump will be indicted as early as this week in a case involving that hush money payment to the foreign woman, Stormy Daniels, and um, I, that's how the story wrote it. I, I called her a woman, but they said porn star. But I don't know about a star. I don't watch porn. So I can't, can't verify that. But um, that, that was before he ran for president. Now, here, you know what's the interesting story after that? The story was that Secret Service will decide whether to handcuff Trump if he's arrested. Really? Yeah. He's traveling to Tulsa. Um, I don't know why it's for a wrestling tournament. I don't know why the heck he would go to a wrestling tournament. But anyway, um, <laughs> officers could handcuff them um, if they arrest him, uh, you know, next week. And um, they're saying that the Secret Service has to make that decision. Because remember, the Secret Service is still the police. So he can't use the Secret Service as their, like they were personal bodyguards. Mm. This, this That's what we were talking a... about earlier. We were talking about that earlier, saying with the Secret Service. Um, well, we were talking about who was. I, I don't think I don't even think they'll bring them in to be honest, because it'd be too much mayhem, and too much stuff going on, man, for them to bring him in, and it'd, it'd be too much violence. But you know, you understand the Secret Service. That's interesting. I never thought about them as far yeah, as see, arresting him. Yeah, and you know what? I don't actually believe that that there will be mayhem in doing that because the police, the Secret Service, is the police, and they work for mm-hmm. the government. So he's used to domestic security, and so who's going to fight him? Like, um, I don't know, 
what's what's his wife's name? Um, what's she gonna be? Uh-oh. What's she gonna throw hands on Secret Service? Like I can't imagine how that's gonna look. They'll just put them in the car like they normally drive them around, lock the doors, and be like, "We out." <laughs> like they have to bring them in. <laughs> so, so I don't think that will be. I think that Fox News will be doing a, a free Trump T-shirts, but I don't think they can do anything. He's gonna have to show up once he's indicted. This is not every every state. The way the United States is built, since every state has its own con- constitution, it is its um, own sovereign government. If the federal system breaks down, that's how it was created. But the federal system supersedes everything. So I've seen news stories where DeSantis, you know, people are um, asking DeSantis to bring out the National Guard in case they surround Mar-a-Lago just in case. He'll still be house arrest. The Secret Service is going to be there. So they they have the right to, I mean, they they receive their orders from the people who pay their checks. So the head of the Secret Service says, arrest that fool. Trump, he don't own the Secret Service. I don't know why people kind of kind of feel like that. And I think that Trump's not loved like people believe that he is. His idea of oppressing people is loved. But a lot of white supremacists have gone to jail. You just happen to have one that was president. That's pretty much it. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. Was that um, – that, that everybody think that he wasn't going to go to jail? Is that what happened? I, 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 I don't believe he's going at all. I don't. I believe he'll, he'll. I didn't believe he was going to get arrested. To be honest, I believe he's going to. They'll, 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 they'll get him out, and then all of a sudden, they'll let him yeah, go. Yeah, I think they. I think they'll immediately set bail for him, but I think he's going to have to show up. He he's going to have to answer an indictment in New York City. That is not even. I don't even think that's an option. So hmm. I don't think they'll handcuff him. They'll let him turn himself in, like they do white collar crime. You know, if they want to arrest. What's the guy from um, from Chase, Jamie Dimon or something? If they want to arrest, you know, um, whoever the guy who who owns Tesla, if they want uh, to arrest Elon, Musk. Let, Elon Musk, they would let them turn themselves in. They wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be in the middle of the night raid and handcuffed and doing the perp walk stuff. They would get to turn themselves in. But they still mm. would have to turn themselves in. Yeah. So no matter how that works, that, so that should be interesting. They're going to sneak him in the back door. They're not going to, you know what I mean? It'll be, they won't have they any cameras there. It'll be, a, it'll be a sketch artist. <laughs> like, you don't think he, like, would, he would put it out there, out there in the, uh, out there in the, uh, in the, yeah, in the atmosphere to let everybody know that he's going to be there and get arrested on this day and this is what they're going to do to him so that he could incite oh. a riot. <laughs> yeah, see, he can incite anything that he wants to. That's not a deterrent from going to jail, but he mm-hmm. won't be able to. I don't think that people are going to cover for him to not have him go through that process. He may not get convicted. He may not. They may put it off for another year and a half, like once the, mm-hmm. the court proceedings start. But um, it depends on how aggressive New York is. And the irony that saved this 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 country over the eons is black people. So the black woman, Letitia James, New York State Attorney General, she's going at, you know, the tax stuff from the, the foundation side. The black man who's the Manhattan DA is going at them. It's the black folks. 
that's holding down law and order in this place opposed to the white folks who recuse themselves from it. Because all the way back to James Comey, who, who Trump acts like is the enemy of the state, James Comey saved his butt. Mm-hmm. And then so did a Mueller. Right? He was like, well, we're going to leave Congress, this up to Congress to, they knew all this stuff on him. So white folks mm-hmm. are finding their responsibility because they won't, can, they will not even charge rich white folks. They don't like to do it. Mm. So it, wow. it'll be interesting. It, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. But like I said, you know, if you, if this was Elon Musk or any of those guys, they would literally let them turn themselves in. Where OJ, mm. you know. They they were like, oh, come in, but we want to show him in handcuffs. Hmm. Like, or or take somebody like Michael Irving, just for having yeah. a conversation that they flash, and because it was a white woman, now she's all scared and fragile. But hmm. the thing that I didn't say on on um, on the show on the other show was that we know as black people that whole. Karen thing is real, where um, some white female is going to sensationalize the fact that she tried to bully him, and then when he, you know, roared at her, then she wants to act scared, and her life was in danger. It was 45 seconds. She could have left at any time, and they should ask the question, why was she talking to him? Because she could have left at any time. He wasn't holding her against her will. She voluntarily came up to him. So... Yeah, we always have that those those debates on what black people's disposition needs to be with white females in particular. So I don't care if it's white males or white females, you have no duty to retreat. Your white folks get get um, let off all the time of um, charges because of those laws and saying that they don't have a duty to retreat, but black people do. Yeah, that doesn't make really. that doesn't make sense. You know. So yeah, so that that's something that we're always fighting is trying to figure out how to make white folks happy with us, and I think that that's a that's not something that ever is going that's never going to happen. <laughs> like they're never going to be like, you know what? We need to be fair to black people. That day is never coming. I I hate to be Chris Rock on this, you know, just to tell you that that's not coming. Now, did you see the Chris Rock special? I meant to ask you. No, I haven't. I haven't haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so on a, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the place, but Chris Rock's special, um, I only really saw the end of it, I didn't watch all of it, but I've seen clips of it, and, um, you know, he was he was attacked live at the Oscars, and people are now criticizing him for saying something back, but here's the thing, if you attack a comedian, they're going to roast your butt, <laughs> Like you, yeah, you should know who you were slapping because he's gonna have a mic at some point and he's gonna get news mm-hmm. covered. So, yeah, Will Will Smith said that he felt like he was attacked and embarrassed. Nobody's gonna feel sorry for Will. No, he's, he was an aggressor. Yeah, I think Chris is the only person you would feel sorry for because, like Chris said in the special, he's like he's bigger than me. He can beat me. You got. Muhammad Ali fighting Pookie from New Jack City. That, and it was literally funny, but it was true. Chris has been bullied all his life. And you're going to bully the guy who's been bullied. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. So anyway, it, it was interesting. 
uh, thing. So let me, uh, I, I'll go to some news. You know, artificial intelligence, you know, from them using this AI stuff or chat GPS and to create text and to write, you know, people past the bar kind of stuff. They, they tested the AI stuff and put it to standardized tests and it passed the bar um, pretty easy so people can use chat GPS to cheat on tests apparently. Um, there's another um, facet of artificial intelligence is that it develops cancer treatments within 30 days. So and really? it also, yeah, they're saying that it's predicting how long patients have to live by reading doctor's notes. So your, your AI will read the doctor's notes and say, oh, okay, with these symptoms, this is what our estimation is. Now, I don't know if I like this, but at the same time, why don't you read the doctor's notes and say, your doctor's mistreating you. You want to live longer, do this. Right? Like, why don't they do that part? So AI has proven uh, that it's more useful than generating images and text. And so there's two new um, models that are revolutionized, um, uh, revolutionizing the medical industry and it with new cancer drugs and life expectancy um, predictions of um, patients. But we don't know if the new cancer drugs work. We're just saying that AI has been creating new cancer treatment drugs. I, I, I saw someone on, on uh, I think Elon Musk, he had something out, and uh, they're predicting that in 2025 there's going to be a catastrophic hurricane in Florida that wipes Miami out. Mm-hmm. That's what this, and, and it's something new on, it's, it's some new AI system that uh, he has. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. this is getting outrageous, man. Everybody's going to AI and that shit is scary to me. Right, because it's doing, um, I mean, you you would look at it like this. If it's doing models like predictable models, it should tell you how to deploy your resources or how you should be preparing for these, um, you know, these type of events that you think are coming. So AI can probably change the way you prepare for stuff because mm-hmm. you have, you know, Florida's governor spending money on nonsense and deporting people where he should be set, he should be um, putting it on a seawall or trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to um, protect the residents against natural disasters. What they're going to do is just go to the federal government. So they're not spending yeah. any of their localized money trying to protect themselves. This is Florida and their legislature. So we're talking the state officials are going, hey, let's not have black people learn about black history or white people learn black history. Let's, like they're doing superficial stuff opposed to preparing for the defense of, um, you know, or the defense and safety of its residents. Like they're, that's maddening. So they're playing culture war stuff without worrying about that. And, you know, you have all of these senior com- communities. What do you think they're going to do doing a natural disaster? Really? So if they get cut off from everybody else, you know, what are you going to do? So AI is doing predictive predictability models, but the trick with AI is I like to remind people it is white folks eating information so their feet it has a bias because it's looking at it only through the eyes of white folks. Mm-hmm. So all of their fears are plugged inside of uh, inside of AI as well. So AI is um you know make 
it, it just kind of really is like an extension of their mind a lot of times. And I think a lot of people don't really kind of consider that as your programmer is, you know, and I'm a programmer by profession. If your programmer has a bias, they're only programming algorithms that benefit um, uh, um, them from their own perspective. So when they start having AI predict models about who's going to commit crimes and stuff, it is always going to it is always going to come up roses with black people, <laughs> right? Like that's like the fear is. Whereas whereas we know that there's no such thing as black on black crime. You know, their white on white crime is just by percentage is just as high as black people committing crimes or Italian on Italian or Jewish on Jewish crime. It's always mm-hmm. the numbers are always the same. So, but they won't program it that way because their fears are that black people are somehow going to do something to them. So we'll always have a higher priority in AI of having a fear factor. Have you ever seen um, how, I, you know, I was just recently talking about this where Kodak, um, when they first came out with True Color film, it was because if you look at anybody's yearbook from about... I'm going to say the mid-80s. I know where you're going back, with this. <laughs> black people look really dark or ashy or whatever because the, the, mm-hmm. the film did not distinguish between different hues of brown. So it was the chocolate companies and the furniture companies that made them change film because they couldn't take, you know, color difference between oak and walnut. And, and when you know, when they take this for ads, and Kodak came out with true color film just for that. So black people are not recognized on film or through camera lenses because of that. Most detectors, like uh, most, um, not motion detectors, but what is it called? Those sensors for um, detecting motion because those cameras are built off the same thing. And it was a right. very, it was a very little change that they had to make. They had to add like three colors in there for it to be able to do that, and white folks intentionally did not do it, or or whether they intentionally did or not, they didn't do it. So, wow. Yeah. So if, if you can easily look that up on the internet for anybody listening. That that was done um, intentionally, and not until Oprah show. Oprah bought one of the first cameras that had one of the lenses that differentiated different colors of brown. It was Oprah in the nineties. The first camera. Now we don't use them standardized today. Still, that's why your i your whether you have an iPhone or whatever, those cameras um, have a problem with facial recognition with black people still, because they're using the same technology. <laughs> so when people see that, they're like, "Wait a minute, what, what do you mean by I have a a faulty camera? It's the lens. It's the lens that doesn't differentiate black people." All right. Now there's a company called. Um, um, it's Sanofi. It's uh, it, they're joining the, the list of insulin manufacturers to cap off the um, um, price of insulin to thirty five dollars. So this company, uh, yeah, Sanofi um, has become the third company to announce the price cuts up to seventy eight percent with um, Novo. Um, Nordisk and Eli Lilly have um, revealed similar reductions to their insulin prices. So for people who have who are diabetic, 
their prices are going down, are, are capped at $35. It didn't even have to be that high anyway. They were just gouging for years because it was certain demographics and they were just billing your insurance company. All right. Now, there are some carbon monoxide alarms that are sold online that fail to detect carbon monoxide. Now, federal officials are warning that the testing um, found devices made by two Chinese companies. One is um, QMOC and um, Gibson. Uh, um, This might be just an acronym, but it's like... um, Guild Union or something, um, they do not flash the red light and um, start beeping loudly when exposed to um, carbon monoxide or dangerous levels of carbon monoxide. They were sold between um, they were sold for between sixteen and forty dollars at online retailers, including Amazon. And so both devices are registered to uh, um, Shenzhen, China. I think is the name of the place. But hey. If you have a Chinese carbon monoxide detector, you might want to get another one. See, mm. that's why chips being made in this country is actually pretty important. So you yeah. own detectors. Now, um, Social Security numbers of 4.2 million Americans across the country um, exposed were exposed in the breach of Miami's of a Miami healthcare system. So, Independent Living Systems I, (ILS) um, based in Miami, Florida. Um, has a firm that provides administrative services to Medicaid and Medicare providers. It serves over 5 million Americans. They have a security breach. You know, there's nobody who can give your information to these days. I just want to say that for the record. Mm-mm. It's going to get out. That's why That's why I keep mine. I keep my credit locked, man. I go, I got all two credit bureaus. I keep it locked until I need it. If I need somebody to look at my credit, I'm like, I'm going lock it now. Now you look at it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to lock it yeah. right back as soon as you're done looking. Yeah. The, the whole thing is, is that that's a, I don't give anybody my social security number, for one. Mm-hmm. Not no more. You know, so even if they ask, you know, it is not illegal to give a different number unless it's tax related. So I remember I took um, this insurance um, that's called the LOMA. So this like to become a insurance agency. I used to work for an insurance company, so I just took it just to take it. And they said, okay, we need your social security number because your grades or your test scores are going to come back this specific social security um, number. And I made up a number, and they said we don't care because I cause I kept telling them I'm like it's against the law for you to use our number for anything that's not tax related. And they say, yeah, we understand, but this is how our system works. And I said, well, you guys are going to have to alphanumeric search my name to get my grades because I'm made up a number with my with my home address and my my phone number at the time. Like I just made a number up. <laughs> wow. So, yep, that's an easier thing to do than to actually have to um, do fraud detection when somebody says there's there's a social security breach or a breach with your information. Let's see. Yeah. So, um, you know, U.S. has the lowest life expectancy of all G7 nations. Now, here's another alarming story. I know this sounds like bad news today, 
So the uh, analysis shows that Americans is even Americans now aren't even um, in the top fifty mm-hmm. in life expectancy. Because yeah. we work and we man, they, look, man. I've been to other countries. Our food is horrible. Our work right. is horrible. These people don't, I mean, when I went to Brazil, man, I tasted a, a steak over there. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, is this what steak is supposed to taste like? Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, because, because we, are, we are literally um, killing ourselves and don't care. Like, our, mm-hmm. our capitalism doesn't allow you to care about, like, um, what you're doing to the environment, what you're doing to people. Mm-hmm. They, it really does not care. So mm-hmm. they're saying that, you know, life expectancy, um, you know, I guess it's like 70 years ago, people in America could expect to live until they were 68. Um, but now the country ranks 13 globally behind like Norway and Sweden and Denmark and all these other countries because our life expectancy, I, and it's pretty much, it doesn't say this in the study, but I guarantee you it's pretty much our diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a diet and our stress. People yeah. make you think that, you know, your job defines you. I've been mm-hmm. watching a, a lot of, um, you know, short clips, YouTube, Facebook, whatever clips of especially women who are like, if you don't make over a certain amount of money, you are not, you know. And I'm like, boy, you are trying yeah. to stress everybody out. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Young kids yep. are really high on that. I want six figures and this and that. I'm like, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. People used to live to have a good day, like just to feel good in that day. Now you got to worry about, like, impressing somebody else with stuff that you have. It is worse than it's ever been. So yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It and speaking of that, you know, I have um. There is, if I can find it right in front of me, there is um, legislation up that um that are in in California that could ban foods like um, like candies like Skittles, Sour Patch Kids, and even Campbell Soup. So there's a bill that wants to curb the use of five additives linked to cancer. Mm. So they're saying um, it's linked to cancer, DNA, and organ damage. And a bunch of industry businesses have argued that the additives are safe. But five of the additives that would be included in the ban, like um, three, are already banned in the EU. So brominated vegetable oil, potassium, bromite, um, and titanium dioxide, and I've heard of that specifically before, they know that they cause cancer. And it's also red dye 3 is banned um, from the use in cosmetic products in America. That's the only one that was banned. But foods that can be affected, um, including um, things like jelly beans, Pez candy, fried sugarless gum, Campbell's soup and smaller bread bands around the country. Now, if they know that that stuff's not good for you, why are they still put in your dog on food? Man, I was I was looking at some what they what they said back in the fifties that the, the, the bricks molding quicker, so they put an additive in it to make it last longer. So yeah, but it'll kill it you. It causes cancer. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
Right. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it'll make your food last an extra two weeks. But it's yeah. going to kill you by extra five years. It's all about that money, money, man. That dollar-dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> yeah, capitalism. You know, mm-hmm. next time you go to Brazil, holler at somebody. I think I'm going to take a road trip. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh I got you. <laughs> Good, you're looking. All right. Uh, <laughs> now, frozen strawberries so that Costco's, Trader Joe's, and all these are recalled over fears that they may trigger, they have triggered hepatitis A infections in the state of Washington. So frozen organic strawberries show that the stores including Costco's, Aldi's, and Trader Joe's, are being recalled due to their link with an outbreak of hepatitis A. I don't know what brands they are, but I would go into any of those stores and ask them if if they pulled their frozen strawberries. So they know that that's in there. Um, Idaho students are, um, are suing over the ban of using student ID in voting. Now, Idaho, which is a very Republican state, I don't think Democrats ever really had a chance of winning in Idaho, but they still have a new law that eliminates student IDs as acceptable forms of ID for voting. Really? Now, man, for 13 years, Idaho, what'd you say? It's a student ID. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's weird about that is that when you are going to a state school and you get a student ID, it is technically a state ID. Right. But what they're doing, again, Republicans are trying to discourage young people from voting because young people see the hypocrisy and they are not voting Republican at high enough numbers, so they want to stop them from voting. Now, so, I mean, I'm going to go to school and get a degree for somebody else. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. Now, for 13 years, Idaho had, has had a law in place requiring voters to show a valid photo ID before voting, and that didn't curb the voters. Because remember when they first started voter ID, they were like, hey, mm-hmm. we, we need to have this to prove that. Now they want to curb what kind of ID that you can have. So the voter ID, I know, the acceptable forms of voter ID, you know, for the last 13 years have been student ID cards along with driver's license and other photo IDs issued by the Department of Transportation available to those who don't drive because you can have a non-driver license. And um, you can use passport, tribal photo IDs. And since 19 or since 2017, you can use your concealed carry licenses to vote, but they don't want students to vote. Okay. <laughs> Again, it it is a Republican trend, but it is a very Republican area that they're still trying to curb anybody else. You know, I guess they figure students. That's just a demographic that they don't they don't have to reach. But you know. Having an ID wow. is stupid anyway. Because yeah. you have to um you know, you have to pay for an ID. Right. So Yeah. You, that's not a that's not a given. So anyway <laughs> I I don't get that story. All right, so taking yeah. vitamin D each day can cut your chances of getting dementia according to a new study. Um experts say that vitamin D helps reduce the buildup of plaque linked to Alzheimer's disease. 
and they found that those who took supplements live free from Alzheimer's longer. Mm. I, yeah, so I'm sorry, that's dementia. Free from dementia long, long, yeah, longer. So anyway, um, vitamin D has a lot of positive effects in you, but go out and get in the sun a little bit. We'll get you some vitamin D if if you have, um, you know, you have to use, um, you know, get vitamin C and all these things to help you absorb that light anyway. So vitamin D, another study, study mm. that says that you get some vitamin D. Now, see, I would do I would do a, a race thing on this, but Vanessa's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you don't use suntan, suntan beds because it doesn't give you vitamin D, but, you know, Vanessa would object to me saying that. So not until mm. she's here. All mm. right. Now, now, the mortgage demands plummet to a 28-year low as an average rate increases, the interest rate increases to 6.71 um, just as spring home buying season is supposed to heat up. So for the week ending February 28th, the average contract rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage increased 6.71%. That's according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Um, Delta Airlines agrees that a 34% pay increase for pilots. So Delta is you know, has finally settled theirs because I know they were having pilot issues. But that that 34% um, pay increase is worth up to $90,000. Now, other major air, airlines are set to file, um, follow, but the Airline Pilots Association said 78% of Delta's 15,000 pilots voted to support the contract, which will lead to an accumulative $7 billion in pay raises. Now, see, that would be unreasonable, but apparently they have that kind of money. They've just been holding out. <laughs> so I hate to even say the dollar amount because people would see $7 billion and be like, oh, that's a lot of money. Not when they they have probably profited somewhere in the area of like $800 million and don't pay taxes. Mm. So they can give up $7 billion. Now, um, Walmart has ordered their workers not to use um, the shared company secrets or customer information with um, AI um, like chat um, GPT. So one month after Amazon and Microsoft issued similar warnings, staff is saying that chat GPT could possibly leak confidential information, and Walmart told its employees to avoid um, inputting company secrets while also noting that its um, use in day-to-day work they should not use it. Now, here's the thing. It's like Facebook. Everybody's putting their personal personal information on Facebook and their pictures and all of their, where they're going on vacation, and Facebook owns all of that data. So anytime you put something into those AI software, they are accumulating data on you. So don't mm-hmm. voluntarily put yourself in none of that stuff. Yeah, I never, man. I, I watch people say, I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm here, I'm there. No, mm-mm. Yeah. You, you won't know where I'm at. Yeah. Mm-mm. I won't even tell you when I got back. I'll be like, I wouldn't say I've been there. It's like, what me? Yeah. What me? Exactly. What me? All right, now, um, <clears throat> TikTok 
will limit screen time for users under 18 to 60 minutes a day. So in the coming weeks, children who have um, screen time, um, a screen time limit um, set automatically, it will have it set automatically and will have to enter a password code in order to continue watching. So your parents can set uh, apparently a password in TikTok. Um, but again, I don't know if there's, I don't know if people hate TikTok because of um, because of the Chinese affiliation. Yeah. yeah. Or do they hate it because TikTok is now starting to become the way that people are getting information. They're getting information yeah. in very short chunks. Like, I, I, I think Trump that. hated it because that's that's how they they applied for all of his. I think it, it runs back to Trump because remember all those people went to TikTok and. They apply for all those uh, the rallies. They tell me how full the rallies is going to be, and all the people didn't show up to his rally. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. They, they were just like reserving space and didn't show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, but yeah, that's like I said, for people using all of this stuff, I think that we, it's just another means of communication. And once it becomes too effective, we start to have problems with it. But the Chinese government does own that. Like, they own all of these chips, these chips that are in all of these devices that we have. So who's to say that they can't hack those as well? well I guess right. we didn't worry about that. We're just worrying about, you know, some person on there doing a the dance, right? Like, right. TikTok, you, right. you don't have to put in true information into TikTok. Hmm. Do you remember when Facebook started doing that? They kept saying that um, you had to use your real name and had to prove who you right. are to get a Facebook account. They didn't right. need that stuff and they still don't need it. Uh-uh. So if you if you go on my Facebook and you look at any of that information, like any of that stuff, it is wrong. So yeah. good luck. But I did that on purpose because you should not be putting out your personal data. They end up owning that and they get to profile you. So I can tell when I start looking at um you know, videos or something that they are, that algorithm is giving you certain videos that they think that you may like based upon whatever it is that you searched while you was in Facebook. Yeah, I went they to Google me. and uh, I, I, I I set my, my profile up so that, hey, man, after every two days, it erases all my information. So good luck with your algorithm. Um, you know, right. Right. I, I, I know if I apply I, I, for something here, it would be over here. I'm like, what? Yeah, and and I don't know what I did, but mine has changed over the last week. I'm not on very much, but I noticed the stuff that I usually see come up. It's like totally different, and I was like, yeah, there's something, uh, there's something I watched or I did that changed my algorithm because it just doesn't, you know, it it doesn't send me the same, the same um, like stories or I don't see the same thing that I've seen for the last who knows how long it kind of changed on me last minute now you know um oregon is considering a monthly one thousand dollar no strings payment for homeless residents and um you know other cities and states have have done this as well it's called universal base income it's a pilot um that would cost uh, what they're saying is if every city followed suit it would cost 33 trillion dollars that's just to scare you. But the bill yeah. was that the People Housing Assistance Fund, um, 
demonstration program through the state, through their Department of um, Human Services. But Oregon is considering um, a no-strings payment. Now, even when I hear stories like this, people would, like, complain and say, um, yeah, they're getting free money and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think the homelessness... That is a thousand dollars to come up for people who are homeless. That I mean, you probably still don't have no credit, so no. there's a lot of things that you can't do even if you had cash. Just literally trying to get a roof over your head and just in your own humanity having some dignity, some some clothes, and getting something to eat. But mm-hmm. you know, but I know I know um, again. Since this is my hating Vanessa show, just to make her mad at me next time, I'm sure Vanessa would have disagreed with me. <laughs> you, know, uh, I, you know, come on, man. man. You know, as far as that goes, man, what does mean as a billionaire? Get 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 away with paying taxes, man. Make them pay their fair share. That's all I'm saying. I can't right. stand the fact that they don't pay their fair share. They get around all that stuff, and then uh, they look and they they make poor people fight when you shut them up. Look. They get an extra welfare, and you get an extra hell. Trump got seventy million dollars back, didn't put nothing into the system. Right. So Elon Musk does this. So does uh, so does uh, uh, what's the guy from Amazon? Uh, um, Bezos. I, Jeff Bezos. He gets yes, his, Jeff Bezos. All these, yeah. All these people get they get tremendous tax breaks. So hey man, pay your fair share. We wouldn't have to worry about we wouldn't have to worry about homelessness, poor people, or nothing in this country. Right, right, and and you have to remember that um, even though we're talking about this stuff now, Trump has um, cut about a trillion dollars of taxes that we were getting previously. So mm-hmm. when we say, oh, the U.S. don't have any money, if you wouldn't have gave rich people a trillion dollar tax break, we would yeah. actually have money. Right. So it's funny mm-hmm. how the Republicans will break you and then blame you for being broke. Right. right, right. That's the whole. That's a that was an old strategy. I think it was in the late. I think it was in the eighties where Reagan, Reagan kept saying something about starving the beast, right? Like that they wanted to starve the federal government so much that it caused hardship that they would have to cut some of those things mm-hmm. that are you know safety nets, you know social yeah. security and. All of those other things, but they wanted to break the U.S. so it couldn't pay people. Like, I mean, that's just sick, though. I don't even want to, you know. I don't even know how to say that, but yeah, that's a little sick. <laughs> now, um, the NFL doesn't have enough votes to force Dan Snyder to sell the Washington <laughs> Commanders. What else? Now, the team, the, the team owners also don't want to set a precedent. That can cost them their own team. So the NFL reportedly uh-huh. does not have enough votes to force that fool to sell. Now they they forced the guy in base basketball because that was going to go all bad because the basketball players are the face of the sport. Football players mm-hmm. they wear helmets. You don't really see them. So the owners have more control over football players than they do on basketball. But huh. Snyder, they said, is listening to offers. But it's unclear if he will um, sell. But they're trying to force him. They won't vote to force him to sell, but they want him to sell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I'm listening to offers. 
but yeah, I'm listening. Know. I ain't gonna tell nothing. Michael Jordan is selling his majority, majority shell in, in the uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, in the Hornets. Uh, Hornets, yeah. He's selling his majority. Uh, is he really? Yeah, yeah, he's getting out of yeah. it, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They said he's only been in the playoffs in this 17 years, three times. So, and don't nobody right. want to come play for him. I'm like, yeah, well, there you go. Right, because Michael was a bully when he played. And he was pretty mean, right? So you, yeah. so when people say, you know, how tenacious Mike and Kobe was, it's because they their personalities, they're, they're like, driven very differently. And so you can't – they're not going to finesse you and be like, hey, we need to work together. I'm going to make you better. They only made themselves better. <laughs> and they were, they were competitors. But it's just like in the gladiator sense that they are the best person on the team. They're not going to – they don't really make everybody else better when you're right. actually like that. You right. know, that's why when people keep having that criticism of LeBron and, and Michael or Kobe, LeBron is more like magic where mm-hmm. he he is really sharing and trying to, you know, there are some people who don't like to be the center of attention. He's, he's good, but if he can do it in a team way, he probably gets some more satisfaction than his own personal accolade. Yeah. So, so I think he when he broke Kareem's record, I think he broke it. Um, I think it was like seventy eight games less than Kareem took to have that record. It was something hmm. crazy like that, and wow. and he's not even a score first kind of guy. Where Michael and no, Kobe were, yeah. yeah. So that's what makes LeBron's accomplishments much more um, meaningful to me. Is that he's not a score first person, and he has broken all these records and have all these, you know, assists, you know, accolades and all of that other stuff. So, you know, have to give much respect to him for that. Now, um, you know, America's best city for singles has been revealed. So I'm going to give you um, one <laughs> shot, Elias, a Televi, and you can't say Brazil because that's where we're going. <laughs> best singles in America, in this part of America, not South America, uh, in the U.S., what would you think the the um, the top cities randomly would be? Probably probably Los Angeles, man. Okay. Probably probably Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go down the list. Now this is going to take everybody by surprise, but you know the number one city is Buffalo, New York. What? <laughs> it beat out the top metropolitan areas to take the number one spot because new research from uh, whatever it's called Thriving Center of Psychology um, it found that Buffalo has the most single women per capita in the country Ooh. and it's also the ninth, ninth most single men um, ninth most single men and the third most single people in general per capita according to data so um, they found that three quarters of single singles struggle to find a match without using like data dating apps. So Buffalo's oh. position was the best place for a relationship um, was submitted in 2020, according to Lending Tree. I didn't know why they were doing this. Well, I actually know why. Um, they they um, scientifically calculated w- which major city um, is the most single friendly. Um, because of like low rent, 
short commute and the high number of people who lived alone. And mm. in the uh, millennial age range, do you know they were saying that Buffalo, um, they said they don't need they need to split rent um, for people who don't need to split rent. Buffalo singles um, who live alone um, are beating places like Louisville, Kentucky, and Detroit, Michigan, who was also in the, what? In the top ten. Yeah. That, how they calculate that is that you have a bunch of single people who don't have roommates and uh, who live alone and are single. And, hmm. and they found that Buffalo is the, the top. Most friendly thing. So according to uh, data, Cleveland, Ohio, St. Louis, New Orleans, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Indiana, um, <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee, round out the top ten. But the worst cities for singles are San Jose, California, San Francisco, California, Seattle, Washington, L.A., San Diego, Damn. Houston, Texas, good Lord, New York City, Dallas, Sacramento, and Riverside, California are the worst. Wow. That's all the major cities. So they didn't say Chicago it, then. That's good. <laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't say Chicago. They didn't say that, uh, that in New York. Chicago fell. But, wow. but that's an interesting way to look at it is how many – they did it, Lending Tree, uh, and I think they do, like, investments and, and um, I mean, they calculate data, obviously. But they're saying that people, because of them single and paying rent, they found that the highest concentration of people between a certain age range, you know, 40 or so and below and all of that, that Buffalo has the most singles. And it's not overcrowded where people are having have roommates, so they're showing this sink that the number of singles are increasing. I concentrate now. Might have to check out Buffalo, man. What'd you say? I might have to check out Buffalo. Shoot. You know, I might have to go there too. Oh, and so, (laughs) you know, speaking of Buffalo, have you ever watched? I think I may have mentioned this on the show before. Food that built America. No, I didn't. I haven't. No, I haven't. I am. Okay, so I don't know what today's episode is, but it's on the History Channel. Um, it has a new episode tonight. But the episode two weeks ago was about the um, the guy who created the Buffalo Wings. Mm. And we know, like, all black history, here's how this goes. The people who were giving credit for creating the Buffalo Wings are not the folks that created it. Mm-hmm. It was it was this black man. It was in sixty. I want to say it was sixty one. I think it was. And so he was making the wings. So if you don't know history, and if you're too young to actually know this, I forgive you. But my father actually told me this because I didn't know this either. Do you know they used to throw out chicken wings? Back really? In the day? Yeah. They used to throw them out the back door. They just didn't. Black people would eat chicken wings because white folks would throw them out. They would not eat wings. Wow. The food that white folks would throw, yeah, the butcher and stuff, all you had to do was go there when they were throwing that stuff out. But white people did not eat chicken wings. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my father told me that. He goes, yeah, they really just didn't. And black people bought the chicken wings. They were like brats. So, you know yeah. how this goes, just like. Most stuff that, yeah. that black people and have found delicacy in, uh, stuff that they, they didn't eat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, in Buffalo, 
Um, I forgot the guy's name. I'll remember it next time. But um, and I'm going to put this in my in my Black History fact segment. I'll make sure I shot this down. But in '61, um, this guy had a small little um, restaurant. So he would make wings. So he made the sauce and kind of breaded it and really good wings. So the Buffalo Bills at the time, I forgot who the player was, would always go there after the game. So that's what brought attention to him. And at some point, before they started selling wings and stuff at, at sporting events at football stadiums, people would stop by this guy's restaurant and actually take wings to the football game. So that whole concept of having wings at, at football games was this black yeah. man in Buffalo who had a wing spot that was close to Bill, to Buffalo Bill Stadium. So during the 60s, once the rioting started, you know, 63, 64-ish, in Buffalo, the racial stuff was going on in this country, he left Buffalo and moved to, I want to say it was Cleveland, but he moved someplace in the Midwest. And so this woman at this Italian restaurant, it was an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. she got, you know, she didn't get her regular shipment of I probably chicken breast or thighs or something. And her son comes in and said that, they, you know, they were hungry. She opens up the box and it was chicken wings. And she was like, what am I going to do with this? She just did not know what to do with them because white people didn't eat chicken like that. And so she literally used this seasoning that was used to cover up, like, rancid meat. And this is going to kill you, but it was that Louisiana red hot hot sauce. Because <laughs> well, most people don't know that condiments was made because they were covering up bad meat back in the day. So ketchup and all of that stuff was a way that um, you cover up meat so you wouldn't see how bad it was. Mm. So she used that red. So how we eat wings today you know, the buffalo wings with the red hot hot sauce and the, what else do they pour in that? It's like butter and hot sauce to help it stick. The the Italian woman made wings, she cooked it, and it had no taste, and she was like, it wasn't, it had no seasoning, hence where the stereotype comes from, and she made the sauce, and so how they eat, how they eat sauce today is um, from that. Now, the interesting thing, the thing that made buffalo wings national was the food chain Hooters. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> they, they literally made Buffalo Wings popular across the country. Hooters did. Yeah, her name so, is Teresa Bellissimo. That's the, uh-huh. that's the, uh, that's the, I'm looking for the brother that created him, though. <laughs> that created Wings? Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but I actually have it um, have it recorded that um, from food. It's called Food That Built America. It comes on every Sunday. A new show is Sunday at nine, but they run a marathon, so it's probably this is nine o'clock Eastern. So probably at about seven o'clock they run a marathon. So they show the sh- the shows from you know the last two weeks. So it's probably they're probably going to show it today at seven p.m. Eastern. But if you go on a the Food Network that um, I mean, sorry, History Channel. It'll um, you'll definitely see that. You know, the food that mm. built America. And I can't. Yeah, I don't even. I 
can't even remember what the guy's name is. I'm gonna have to record that again to make sure I have it. But yeah, yeah. it's a it's a good show. Wow, wow, so, white yeah. folks didn't eat, they didn't eat, eat chicken wings. That's something else. Mm. <laughs> right, right. They 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 threw that stuff out, threw out the back door. Mm. Just not, you know. Again, and I know what this sounds like from the from the Trump people listening, from the Fox people. It's like black people created everything. In John America. Young. Yes. yes. John Young. Yeah. Yep. I I I kind of remembered his last name was Young, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, it's John Young. And so his yeah. daughter. Next time I go to Buffalo, um, his daughter reopened their restaurant. So even though there's this other restaurant that that it's like a chain now in Buffalo that says they are the creators of the Buffalo Wings, it is actually the Black Folks Restaurant, and it's still it's open now. So I can't wait to go in and taste the original right. um, recipe that he had. It, you know, it's funny, a history channel, when they talk about this, says, you know, oh, it was well-known in the black community. So when stuff is well-known in the black community, if white folks you know. don't, don't know, they don't get credit. Isn't that yeah. a, that's still the thing in this country? Hmm. Right? It's like, hey, we discovered America. It's like, yeah, but people were here when you got here. It's like, no, no. Yeah. We write the history book. Yeah. <laughs> we discovered it. <laughs> yeah. It didn't exist until business. white folks. Uh-huh. I heard this indigenous woman say, yeah, Columbus, when we discovered Columbus, he didn't discover us. We were already here. How do you discover some person that somebody's already there? Like, right. A great point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, it is strange that we we still act like that as a country, that we mm-hmm. still want to be like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, y'all didn't <laughs> discover this. We, we, uh, we discovered it. It's like, right. you didn't know anything about this. Exactly. Right. Now, yeah. Now, New York City will pay 300 Black Lives Matter protesters $21,500 each after they were wrongly um, zip-tied and hit with batons and pepper spray during the 2020 Bronx demonstration mm. Um, mm. that hit the, you know, that hit after George Floyd's murder. So New York City has agreed to pay more than 300 people uh, $21,500 each. Mm. Wow. You know, again, it, you start hitting people in their pocket. So the yeah. policemen obviously don't care, but they're yeah. costing their city money, so they're going to have to curb their behavior. Talking about defunding the police, what about that? That's defunding the police like it ain't nobody's business. Right. They're, they're defunding the police because the police, um, you know, the, the police cost the money. So take it right. out of the police budget. Right. Every, every diamond act should need to go out of there. Now, okay, so I know I didn't do black history. I'll do this really quick because I know we're coming up against it. But Biden gave um, a Vietnam hero veteran the Medal of Honor after waiting 60 years because the Army lost his paperwork. I should have played black or white on this one. Come on, you know that <laughs> they one. You got to play years. that one. Really? Yeah. Wow. Colonel Paris Davis risked his life multiple times in 1965 in an ambush. And Biden just awarded him the Medal of Honor. Uh, wow. Yep. <laughs> All right. So they said that yeah. it was lost, and that's what we get. Yeah. So here we go. <laughs> All right. So, so, <laughs> so 
on that. No, I was going to say, you know, I do have more, but I guess I'll end it on that note because technically we always have to end it with a black history moment, and that would be a black history moment to how we're still treated up in this East. Exactly. All right, brother. We'll right. see you next week there, man. All right. See you next week. All right. All right. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.